Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I'm the dude 79 and joining me always, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone, Mm -hmm. good evening, sir. Hola. We're back. Yes, we are. We had a community night last week and the week before that we were at Koi's Comics. We were back to HQ and uh, yeah, man, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. but uh, this week has been a very, very week. Yes. Last week was a very, very week because we had a shortened day, <laughs> so it turns five days into four days, which yes. makes it a long week as well, too. So Somehow that happens. It's funny how that works. It's really bizarre. It's annoying. How bizarre. How bizarre. There's a big L. Big L from Jay Hill. What's what's the loss for, Jay Hill? What's that big uh, L for? being a Michigan fan? Ooh, oh, jeez, man. Already. Jay Hill just walks into a fucking minefield. <laughs> what's going on, Jay Hill? I know uh, we got a uh, big thunder out in the... Uh, out in the chat. Yep. Hope everyone's having a fine Wednesday night. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to discuss tonight. A lot of great topics. A lot of hot stuff going on in the world of pop culture. Yes, that's true. Movies, it's TV true. shows, video games. We, we got, got a big all. summer games fest is underway. We're gonna have a lot of big stuff getting revealed this week. We actually had a uh, uh, Modern Warfare two uh, tra- trailer drop today. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. a lot of a lot of bu- a lot of buzz regarding that. Is um, that the new E three? It's. I mean, for now, well, eat well. Keep in mind now. E three don't. The exist. ESA came out uh, this week and said we'll be back next year. E three is coming back with more digital and in person events. E three strikes back. There, you Fuck, think now they want to go up against Keeley? Good yeah, luck. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to go to fucking E yeah. three anymore. Well, right? no matter what I think of the guy, he's at least he's at least upholded the industry on his shoulders, and I give him credit. Yeah, I mean, you that. you can be critical of Jeff Keeley in, in many ways. There's a lot of people who have issues with Jeff Keeley, and you know, some of them I'm sure justifiable, but for the most part. Uh, do I think the Game Awards runs too long? Yes. Are there some things I think you could probably do better with it? Sure, to make it more seamless and a little bit quicker to get through. But for the most part, the guy loves video games, and I'll yeah. never question his desire to put video games at the forefront along with movies and TV shows and not just kind of be like this goofy, you know, thing. That yeah, Spike TV clown say. show. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, bring it. Yeah, so we are drinking uh, the Parent. Have you had this, the Pineapple Upside Down IPA from Parent? You probably see that already. Um, I've not had this and I told dude tonight, I said, well, we're getting out of our comfort zone tonight. Cause I saw this and I had not had it and I like another parent IPA. So I thought we try it. Here we are. We're trying it. So it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty good. 8.5%. So I should be uh, just a, a drunken mess the, uh, the, by the end of the show. The today. hop is, is subtler. I mean, it's, it's more than some of the IPAs that typically like. actually, you know what? This reminds me more on par with like the strawberry M43. It's not. It's got yeah. some lactose in it, I believe, um, but it's it's uh it's it's pineappley, but not overly hoppy. So, um, not a bad. Perrin Perrin's got another IPA out there that I uh, wouldn't turn my face against. So, that's something. Maybe my palate's finally evolving half-ass. So, there no, you go. Let's, let's not get carried away. True. You're still a piece of shit. Uh, Jay Hill said it's an LFG emote. Oh, that LF. Well, it's missing the FG. I just saw L like you're a fucking loser, which I'm not gonna argue. I mean, I, pro- I kind of am. But, you know, I didn't know it was LFG. That's fucking sweet, though. Let's fucking go. Um, I love the sparkling water. Oh, Perrin has sparkling water? What? Cuddles just said I love their sparkling water. Does Perrin have sparkling water? I have no idea what's happening right now. I'm just reading what he says. I love their sparkling water. Yeah, I saw what he said. I don't know if he's doing a joke. No, I think he... Dude, does Cuddles do jokes? Does he do bits? Yeah. No. Cuddles. Perrier. There you go. Perrier. Perrin. Aaron. Perrin. Who said Perrier? I didn't say Perrier. 
Oh, that's Perry. Oh, <laughs> see, There's, see, he's. I'm dude. all discombobulated. Yeah, dude, it's it's too early in the night for that. We're not drunk yet. Nah. We're not, we're not shit faced enough. Um, but Tomana, let's see. We got the drinks. We're drinking Param. We yeah. got that out of the way. Very. Yeah. That was a smooth transition. That was a real easy. Not at all. Here's what we're fucking drinking. I was like you just stubbed your uh, toe. You should just go drink it too. The Michigan difference. Um, what have you been up to, man? What? How? How's the basement coming along, dude? Okay. That thing looks like a fucking like. It looks like Koi's Comics in your basement now. Trying. Um, it's a slow process uh, because, for one, of course, I work you know nine hours a day, uh-huh. um, and I'm tired, uh-huh. and I'm old and chubby, and going up flights of stairs <laughs> is a lot of work. That said, I have a lot of shit, so when I bring stuff down, if I got to carry some boxes down, which I still got a lot of stuff to bring down, inherently, because of my badass fucking knee, if I'm going uh, down a few of them, yeah. but I'm also carrying stuff... I get pooped pretty fast. I don't sleep well, so I don't have like all this crazy pent up energy. Um, what episode of B&B did start? Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, we don't even want to put that. I want to say, well, I mean, it was was we, it before before fifty? With we, we, oh yeah, we. I started the basement a month before COVID shut down. Oh Jesus! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So you know that would have been yeah like thirty something maybe. I don't I don't know. But anyways, more um, than that. Damn dude. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I'm taking stuff down. The big, the big slowdown is right now is still getting the shelving that I need from Ikea. That's the big slowdown on a portion of it because I can't organize that stuff until I have that shit. That said, I'm getting a lot of other things down there. My, I've got a ton of fucking books because at one time, believe it or not, I used to read a lot. So a lot of books. Um, I'm trying to find my media and get that displayed. So I'm getting everything in a place. Mm-hmm. Where everything can go, and it's one by one. Sometimes it takes me a night or two to finish it. I've, I've got to hang stuff up on the walls. I got to find the stuff. I got to find, you know, I, I just bought some new shelving uh, for like, you know, things on the walls. I'm hanging pictures. So there's a lot of things going on. It's a, it's a nonstop moving piece. It's gonna take me still a couple months to be like where I can sit down and go like, I'm completely done, or like this can wait or whatever. I mean, keep in mind, I still have a, a bathroom down there that we gotta literally kind of half tear apart and finish. It's not. I mean, you can use it, but it's not a finished. Finished. Like, is it like a is it like a, a latrine in the military where you just walk in and there's no walls up? You're just shitting in front of everybody. It should. It should be. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it should be. We basically just have one of my neighbors comes over. and Looks lays like on the, the bathroom floor. in full metal jacket where yeah. probably everyone's just shitting out in the open, talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, there is no shitting in that toilet though. I will say that that's just a pisser. No, not the. Oh no! I mean, have you tried? No, you could, but I don't allow it. I'll go upstairs. What happens if you do it? Well, I mean, it's a it's an expensive toilet. I don't want to deal with like, I mean, it's it's a apparatus that takes everything from here and sucks it all the way up and then comes back down and through. So I'm trying to create like you can't put like. Feminine products and anything. Have you tried shitting in it? I'm, no. Well, then I'm going to come over and I'm going to test. Yeah, absolutely I'm gonna test not. Actually, you could because yours is runny. Yeah, dude. N- there ain't no su- nothing solid getting stuck in there, dude. Jesus <laughs> was the original carpenter on the basement project. Yeah, Noah came over and said, "Fuck this four day of rain. I'm going to fuck up your pipes," and then left too. So we're talking about bowel movements, Jay Hill. I didn't yeah. think we were going to start. But speaking yeah. of which, yeah. I didn't tell yeah. you this. Yeah. I didn't tell you this. The bowel movement. Uh, this this has been an interesting week. Uh, it's my son's last week of school. Right. And um, on Monday morning, uh, the wife's alarm didn't go off early in the morning until my alarm went off, which is usually about 30 minutes before Ethan has to be to school. And so we wake up. Now, look, dude, I don't know how you are, but when I wake up in the morning, 
I usually got to go to the restroom and take care of business. Absolutely. It's, it's like, like when I let do. my dog out in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'll let you it's out to shit, and do. I'm going to go do my thing. It's like walking in a dark room. You flick the light on. It's just You just do it. This yeah. is what you do in the morning. It's yes. what, what human beings do in the morning. And Bowel so I was like, well, I'll, take, I'll get Ethan to school so you can, get, you can uh, get ready for work and go. She's like, thank you. So I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem. Don't even stop to go to the bathroom. Uh-oh. I'm like, dude, you got to get ready. So Ethan gets dressed really fast. We go out and get in the car, and we are on our way to Sherwood. And as we get up to the McDonald's on State Street, first sign of problems. I'm just like, oh. Bubble guy. I, dude, it was. And I was just like, oh, I forgot. I forgot to go to the bathroom. That's okay. I'll roll the window down. It's cool out. It'll calm me down, relax me a little bit. We get to Sherwood. And I drop him off, smooth drop off. He's able to get in time. He wasn't late. And, of course, as you're driving out of the Sherwood parking lot, they have speed bumps. Yep. That's a no-no. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. You know, as soon as I get to the driveway to pull out, then I'm just like, okay, now we're at, like, DEFCON 2. Like, we're, okay, I'm starting to feel pressure. Lots of pressure, and I'm starting to sweat. That's usually a really bad thing. Now, at that point, normally, I can do, like, an emergency cl- you know, hatch close right. maybe two or three times before we have problems. Right, right. Adjusting in the seat. Yeah, I'm moving around and I'm just like, Clinching. you know, it's like I go, I go into yeah. like this Zen mode where I just start thinking, like I'm trying to like control my body with my right. mind. I'm trying to go Jedi. Picturing a flower in a field. Yeah, calm. yeah, yeah. It's a really, you know, yeah. I'm in a calm yeah, yeah. situation, yeah. and I we're I'm driving down the road and I get to center road, mm-hmm. and I've already used two of the closed. Perhaps. I've already used two. Like this is really bad. Uh oh. This is there. This is not one of these side of the roads type <laughs> of towns, man. There's not a whole lot of side roads or side of the road where you can just pull up without a bunch of kids seeing you who are going to school. And uh, I get to uh, McDonald's on State and Center. Three cars back. Oh no, one car back. And the guy's in the turn lane, but he's going straight. So I gotta wait. Can't turn. Why don't you go to the McDonald's bathroom? I do. I was already past it. I was already past oh. the road. And I used the last hatch. And I was like, I am five minutes from home. Please, God. Please. I have tits sweat now at this point. I am sweating profusely. What up? And I have one more heavy pressure. And I'm at Applebee's on State Street. I am almost home. Minor release. Uh-oh. Minor. There's a breach. We, we had a breach. a breach. We had a breach. I can feel the breach. <laughs> I am like, it's like everyone's like, it's like I felt like I felt was like, like Bormir. They have a cave troll. <laughs> they have a cave troll. No, I felt like I felt like Tobey Maguire in Spider Man Two, where I'm trying to hold ah. the train and my my butt's just like, ah! yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. And dude, yeah, it, it, it just started. It just started coming. I'm like, oh my god. And I pinch as hard as I can. And I'm pulling into the neighborhood. Dude, I don't even stop, turn my car off. I open the garage. I run out. And I mean, if my neighbor across the street saw me, he would have been like, oh, he's going to shit his pants. He right. would have known I was going to shit my pants. And I ran in the house. And I almost made it. <laughs> almost made it. <laughs> that is now the... Since I have turned 35-ish... That is the fourth time it's happened. <clears throat> it's uh, it it's it, and you die a little bit. Your dignity is like after the first after the first one, your dignity is gone. But now you just start like chipping away at your HP. Like your your everything else is gone. You're just chipping away at HP. And uh, yeah, man, it was um, 
<laughs> hey, Brian, thank you so much for that support, man. I see you in another, we, man. We appreciate, appreciate you, Brian. Yep. Man. We, we appreciate you, brother. Uh, no, Jay Hill, we're, have, we're having, this is called Circle of Trust. This, this is, I'm in my comfort zone talking to friends. I, I probably should get some Depends. I probably should, but I like to figure, I like, before I, I feel like if you buy Depends, you're just admitting, I have no self-control. And while four times may seem like a lot in the last six years, I still feel like I've avoided a lot of situations. Dude, the ride home from Genji's on Christmas Eve, always an adventure. Always. Dude, I can, I can go into Genji's, eat whatever the fuck I eat, go to the bathroom. Before we, I'm like, I'll, I'll tell the wife, like, I'm going to go into the bathroom, take care of this right now so we don't have any issues on the way home. It's always... When I hit like, uh, 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 what is it, McCarty? McCarty and like center, start sweating. And it's like, okay, this, this is a problem. I do, it is. But normally I have the control to, you know, keep it at bay. This dude on Monday, do it you? wasn't. But I feel like the morning, the morning drop is much more expansive than midday or even an evening drop. Yeah, it's like a block for my no force. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Like a block I think he from... meant. I think he meant Schust, maybe. No, not Schust. Uh, no, McCarty Shattuck. 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 Okay. Shattuck. Shattuck. Yeah. Shattuck. Still, yeah. Still, it's not. That's not far. Right? It's not far, but I just. I, 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 I. It's whenever I go to Genji. I love Genji's. I, I love it. You know, I love any kind of Japanese steakhouse. But it's that fucking oil, dude. It creates like a slip and slide through my entire digestive system, and it's just like, okay, eat what you want, but express route. Like you know, we're it's it's right. on its way out ASAP. Yeah, wow. Um, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> I just see viewers dropping that. <laughs> this guy shit. This might pants. not be the content you wanted, but this is the content you needed. Is uh this conversation? Well, like so, I said, man, these are my this, uh, this is my family and that's friends. That's true. That's true. He doesn't need the ginger salad. That gi- I do. I'm sure as I'll do. I I don't mind the ginger salad. I get that once in a while. But it's the oil, man. It's all the oil they put on the fucking rice and they cook everything. What's tricky? Tricky. What are you going the wrong way to go to Flint to go to Shields? I shit in a cornfield. Well, I mean, to be fair, I grew up in Shields. The, the cornfield is basically like an outhouse. I've shit thrown up, pissed in the cornfield out there. I mean, that's just like when you're in Shields, that's just it's just different. You just we live different out there. Okay, we just live differently out there. Well, I won't tell you about the southwest corner of Saginaw County then. I was going to say, man, Chesney can't talk shit about fucking Shields. I mean, we're basically, like, inbred. I mean, everyone just knows everybody, and everyone's related to everybody. Never forget the story of your dad when your kitchen was being worked on and he had to come in the front door and didn't make it. Yeah, man. It's, oh, it, like, runs cereal, in the family. Man. Yeah, runs is it right. Runs. <laughs> runs is right, ladies and Dude. gentlemen. Runs in the family for sure. But no, I appreciate you guys and girls letting me uh, talk about that, man. It, it feels good to be able to talk about it and know that I'm not being ridiculed or made fun of or laughed at because we have such a mature community. This will be the last time I'm on the show, everybody. <laughs> you know that. It's been a good run. I'm going to have a bunch of Depends delivered to my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to start a Depends GoFundMe here shortly. I so. shit in a woodchuck hole in downtown Saginaw as a kid. Well, you're from Saginaw. So again, if you're from Saginaw, you there just... You go, <laughs> There you go. We'll, we'll send you something in the mail then. I'm all about that real life banter and babble. It's it's we talk real shit here. Well, literally, figuratively, and literally. This episode is going to get twitched a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're losing viewers. We're gonna <laughs> lose. Right, uh, we're gonna strike. 
B&B makes me well, horny. I'm, Thanks, I got to be honest with you. I really appreciate you sharing. I'm absolutely horrified right now um, by that story. Uh, I think we need to get you either the Depends <laughs> or maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know, maybe we get you a fucking anal plug. <laughs> I already got one. Never mind. All right. Uh, tone. Moving on from shitting the pants. I, like, I can't follow that up. I mean, what have you been playing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you had to make me think. I really haven't been playing a whole lot. Uh, I've been playing Trails of Cold Steel 2 when I can. Uh, working on that. Still early in the game. Mm-hmm. Still fucking way hooked into the characters and the story that's going on there. Um, and then Evil Dead when we can as well, too, along with some Mario Kart. Love me some Mario Kart. Banter and bowels. Okay. Banter and bowel movements. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, so, yeah. So, honestly, Evil Dead, I know we could brand briefly on that one. There's a little frustration <sighs> there. Uh, but it, it was still it's still fun to play with you and Cuddles. We have a good time with it. And then Trick can just watch and not play. But, yeah, um, man, what the fuck, Trick? Mario Kart a few times a week. I am so hooked on that right now. I can't even stop playing it. I am uh, uh, balls deep in Diablo Immortal. And we'll talk about that next week. I know I'm going to be on. Uh, we do actually have a PC gaming review tonight that we're going to air. From Draston, uh, but I think I am going to join him at some point and talk about uh, Diablo Immortal. I just hit level 50, um, grinding out like crazy. Uh, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's a lot better than I thought it was. Now, how long it's, how long do I keep doing this? Remains to be seen, but level 50, I feel like it's been a pretty good grind. I mean, Paul Tassie came out the other day and said, when you get to level 35, 37, that's where the grind kicks in. I haven't felt like it's an overly grind. Like I'm doing a lot of stuff. I did the raid for the first time last night. That was a lot of fun. Not terribly deep. Uh, it's not as deep as like one of the challenge rifts or even the elder rifts. The the raid, you just walk in and there's the boss, and he's got like three and a half million hit points, and you just go through it. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't terribly terribly difficult. But um, I, I I'm digging the game overall though, and I I know. They do. Uh, they are pushing microtransactions. A lot of stuff like here. There's this here. Who but, isn't? But that's the thing. Who isn't? And second of all, you know what? I don't have to buy it. I just hit X and say no thanks. I get it. They gotta make money through it. They're doing it for free. That's fine. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it pay to win? I'm sure there's some. I've seen some arguments being made that it is pay to win in some mm-hmm. ways. I haven't run into it. I don't plan on doing PvP. I don't do PvP in that shit. I don't. I, I'm just there for the PvE yeah, grind yeah. with friends and doing the, the raids and all that shit. That's that's what I'm there I for. Trick, trick, at the end of the day, this is what I say about it. I definitely agree, especially with like Jay McKenzie as somebody who works in the industry, that since 2010, the DLC add-ons and that this stuff's never going to go away. It is microtransactions. Life is paid to win. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to America, Forge, right? Um, it sucks, and it eats the industry out rotten from the core it just is what it is because people that's how they game everybody wants microdoses of stuff that they can swallow and don't think about look at the way people intake media these days you know mm-hmm. so it's it's everything it's games are included and that has been for uh well over a decade at this point so i myself have played games and free games and spent maybe 10 bucks a month on it you know what at the end of the day if i'm putting multiple hours a week into a game or a month the least i can do is spend a little bit of money whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. to keep the game rolling, whatever it is, you know, yep. it, it, it's it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I don't spend obnoxious amounts of money on these games, but there's not like it just it is what it is. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, I I, I don't know. I see both sides of the argument. I'm not. I don't really fall in one necessarily. Mm-hmm. I just know that I sometimes also throw a couple bucks their way or whatever. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm interested in the game. I'm probably not, I don't have time to play it. Matter of fact, I actually. 
downloaded Gwent the other day because I always. Oh, you back on that Gwent? Shit. Probably be back on that Gwent a little bit. Um, because I, I, when I was moving everything in the basement, I found my actual full-on Gwent actual decks with the the DLCs that came out, Witcher Three. And I'm like, fuck, I kind of want to play some Gwent. So, um, but yeah, I, cool. Everybody's on Diablo thing. You know, it, people won't be playing it in two weeks. It's fine. <laughs> but. That's how I treat B and B. It's free, but I beat my meat enough to it that I sub to Patreon. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. It's the circle of trust. That is. It's We're a, not going to tell anybody zone. else. Uh, yeah, and no, I'm not saying shit to anybody, man. That that's that. I'm a steel trap. What we what happens here your ass. stays here, Except your unless ass. of course somebody clips that me reading that and then shares it to the world. I can't. I can't. I can't stop that. Can't stop that. You know, I'm not. I'm not, is... I'm not Jesus Christ. I can't stop everything. Oh, Brian says he's telling everybody. That's awesome. Go, let him know. Yeah. Let him know, Brian. Hey, it's cool to jerk off to this show. Speaking of circle jerking, uh, Forge will be in town with me this weekend. There's going to be plenty of oh, circle man. jerking. A lot of, a lot a of, lot circle, of jerking. circle jerking. Mm-hmm. A lot. That's going to be hot. I might mm-hmm. actually have to come over for that now. Yeah. That's good. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Um, I have been playing Sniper Elite 5. I have one more mission to go, and I will have that completed. I really, really like this game. I really like uh, Sniper Elite 5. Um, They continue to build upon a a formula. It's it's a niche audience that gets into Sniper Elite, but it's always been a game that Rebellion has. You you can tell they're very passionate about it. It started off as a budget title, and it's grown into a much bigger game now where they have a campaign. They have multiplayer. Did Zombie Army come from this? Yeah. Well, Zombie Army came from this, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and they just continue to iterate upon it, and they keep making it better and bigger and bigger. But I can't help but wonder, Tone, honestly, man, and, and I love Rebellion, and I don't know what it costs to license like something like mm-hmm. Unreal, but I do feel like the one thing that I've noticed in this game more than previous versions of the game is there's a lot of, like, I don't want to, I haven't had any crashes, okay? I haven't had, but I've had these little glitches, and I've had certain weird things happen in the game. And I can't help but wonder if they're getting to the point where they're so ambitious that if they're in-house engine, I, I think it's called Ursa or something like that, I can't help but wonder if maybe they've peaked with that. I kind of wondered that when you are playing it because I felt like, man, these graphics don't throw it's me. It's not a mind-blowing look. No, and, th- and that's fine. We we understand that yeah. sometimes you can't. But like at the same time, like you haven't there there are expectations. Yes, especially when you got something like Unreal uh, uh, that uh, you know uh, at, at your hands like that, or right. that theoretically you could be. But I, I I feel like that their in-house engine, their game engine is 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 kind of like at that brink. Like they've mm-hmm. they've hit the they've hit the ceiling. They're at the at the at, at the top, and I just don't know how much more. I hope they. I mean, obviously, I hope this game does well enough. It's obviously it's on Game Pass on Xbox. I know it sold very well over in the UK on on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it finished number one on the PlayStation side on launch week, which That's is fucking good. great for them. I'd like to see that. I really to want that, to yeah. see Rebellion succeed this because it is a fun game to play. Jay Hill says it's cool to watch. Very suspense. So if you get two guys that are stealth, it's fun to watch. The other night You're I streamed um, uh, invasions mode, which is the newest thing they added to the campaign. It's kind of similar to what we saw in death loop where you can invade somebody's game and all the enemies that they're going up against are kind of like on your side. So you kind of use them to your advantage, but you have this expansive map that you're trying to find them. And there's little things that you can use. There's like phones all littered around the map that when you call in, whether you call in or if the other person calls in, it'll reveal your location. It doesn't actually like like follow you. It just says, here's where they're at at that time. Just so you kind of have a general idea of like, okay, look, I want to stay the fuck away from that. Right. Or if you're the invader, you're like, I know where they're at. I got to move to that position. But the thing that I noticed, and you didn't see it in the stream the other night, we had a lot of people like bailing out and stuff like that. But uh, the first week that I hopped in there, 
it was really funny because you could just tell these people that I was jumping into, they have no idea how to play this game. They have, I mean, there's like when you hop in as an invader, if anyone spots Carl, but who's the good guy, if anyone spots him or an alarm goes off, you know exactly where he's at. So you know where to go. You hear gunfire and all this stuff. So if you got somebody in there who's playing it like it's Call of Duty, you'll be able to surround them quickly. And if you're not even there fast enough, chances are the AI is going to kill them. So you're, you're like, okay. But when you get into a match where somebody's playing stealthily, now it becomes a game of cat and mouse. And that's where you really see like, oh, this is actually a really good idea. Because there is a lot of stealth involved in this game, and there is a lot of foliage you can make your way through, a lot of different like areas you can go to, and like, 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 like uh, interior uh, uh, buildings that you can hide in and stuff like that. So it does become a pretty intense game of cat and mouse. And I feel like after another month or so, once a lot of the people, on, especially because Game Pass, so many people are getting into it, so many different types of people who play games certain ways. I think once the people who are used to like Call of Duty running gun are like, eh, this really isn't what I need and they back out once you get that sniper elite community mostly in there those invasion modes because you get more XP if you're playing single player and you have invasions from now and you get more XP earned so it benefits you to do that but once you get people who are used to this style of game and know how to play it and you're doing invasions it really takes the game to another level I had uh, a couple of people invade my game and I was playing stealthily and it does it changes everything you have objectives that you got to complete but now you have somebody else in there hunting you down. Now, I'm not going to say the AI is super smart, but it's, 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 it's competent, okay? Like, if you, get, if you fuck around and make a lot of noise, you're going to get overwhelmed. They're going right. to follow you. But if they'll keep you – got to be smart enough to get through it because the minute they sound an alarm, not only are they going to overwhelm you, now the other guy knows where you're at. Yeah. And it does. It adds a whole new layer to it. A nice little, it's like a nice little <laughs> mini game that kicks in. Like, oh, you're, you're trying to complete the mission. Oh, somebody else is here. Fuck. Gotta wait now. It does take if you're playing it stealthily. It does take about an hour and a half to two hours to go through an entire mission. Jesus. Christ. If you want to complete all the objectives, if you stick to the main stuff, you can probably get through it quicker. But you know, like yourself, you get into a map, all this shit opens up. I gotta do everything. Mm. You know, so it's it's a fun game. It's very challenging. Again, the sniping mechanics are second to none. That's what makes the game so fun. Are the sniping mechanics, especially we hopped into multiplayer. The one issue I have with multiplayer right now, dude, is no dedicated servers. It's all peer to peer. And dude, if somebody leaves. Who's the host? Spins. Migration, migration. And more often than not, the migration did not work, and I got kicked back to the menu, losing all my kills, losing my XP earned. Yeah, fuck that. It's really That's disappointing. Frustrating. <clears throat> Very frustrating. So hopefully they're able to iron that out, make the migration a little bit more reliable. But in terms of like the campaign and shit, dude, it's a it's a great campaign. It's a lot of fun. There's they they, they actually added some like hitman elements to this game. There's different ways to take out enemies. You can use like things around them. You can poison people. It's not quite on the same level as Hitman, but you can tell that they're taking some of that <clears throat> Hitman like pages out of their game book, okay. uh, their, uh, their their playbook. And putting it into this game, which I think is a good mix. It's a good match for it because it is very similar. You're playing stealthily. So if you have Xbox, it's definitely worth downloading with Game Pass. Give it a look. You can play through the campaign cooperatively. There's multiplayer. There's there's single player. There's a survival horde mode. You're definitely getting your money's worth. Whether you get it on Game Pass or whether you pay full price for it, it's, it's a lot of fun. But I do hope at this point... Rebellion is making enough, and they ha- they see enough success with this franchise. I mean, honestly, other than the- other than this, I really don't know what Rebellion uh, has under their wing, other than Zombie Army. Um, I would like to see them maybe either refine their engine right. or maybe move everything over to Unreal at this point. 
uh, because it is it is a great game, but I just feel like the engine is it's struggling with this one a little bit in terms of like some glitches and shit. So overall, fun game, really good game, another excellent entry in the series. Make sure y'all check it out. Uh, before we move on to the first topic, Tom, we're gonna do a giveaway tonight. Oh, we are doing a giveaway, and we will be giving away a shirt and a hat, or I'm sorry, a shirt and a mug. A shirt and a mug. Tone wanted to just give you guys the boxers that I wore on Monday, but I said no. Fudgies. No, no one's getting those boxers. No fudgies. Those are collector's editions only. Right. But we're going to do a giveaway for a uh, a shirt and a mug. You'll probably send them to uh, Brian for the Patreon. Uh, I'm sure he'll ask me after the show, can I please get those boxers that you wore? While we are getting the setup and he's getting that set up for y'all, um, I do want to make a quick announcement here just to bring to your attention, if you could please, Listen, we all have YouTube, right? I know y'all got YouTube. We all got YouTube. And maybe you already do. Maybe you already follow us on YouTube. And that's great. We appreciate that. We are right now six followers away from hitting the milestone of 500 on YouTube. If you get a chance yourself that have not followed us on YouTube, please go over there, follow us on YouTube. If you know somebody even better that doesn't follow us on YouTube that might enjoy our content, have them go over to YouTube. Give us a follow. Give us some likes. Subscribe. Check us out. Whatever it's got to be. Give us some love. We want to get that 500 milestone. It, we love that it sits there evergreen. Yeah. We've slowly grown on that. We don't talk about it a lot here as often as we probably should, but we do all right for what we do on yeah. YouTube, and it's a slow grind and a slow grow, and that's something we always want to lean into is some YouTube as well, too. So if you get some time, please thank you. Twitch will always be home, Follow but if there. a, who uses YouTube? <laughs> No, and you know, Tone mentions you know it's good for evergreen stuff, and it, but the reason it's important that we grow there is so when we do reach out to uh, game publishers or independent studios, we can say, hey, look, we would like to check out your game before it comes out, do a review on it, or maybe do a pre a pre release uh, uh, stream of the game. They look at those numbers. I know one called uh, Hoovit. They look at your – a lot of them are at, like, 500 minimum on YouTube and 500 minimum on Twitch, and we're close on both of those. And so we'd really like to uh, to get that. So if you have – if you watch us primarily on Twitch, that's totally fine. You don't have to leave. But if you have a YouTube channel, go over there, search out Banter and Babble. Just give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. You can come back to Twitch, hang out here. That's where all the giveaways are at on Twitch anyways. But it does allow us to reach out to uh, uh, partners and maybe create partnerships with other developers, other publishers, so we can maybe get some games bef- prior to launch so we can talk about them before they come out if they're embargoed as such. So yeah. we'd really appreciate that. But right now, the giveaway is going live for a BNB shirt and coffee mug. Right now. Get in there. 60 minutes from now, we will announce, or we'll, we hope the Mix It Up bot will announce it. But the giveaway is live, exclamation point, enter. Get in there for a chance to win a B&B t-shirt and mug. Yeah. Hype. I'm yes. bored as hell at work. Everyone comes over for free, everyone come over for key, free cookies. I want a free cookie. He's just talking about his pants. I'll, I'll, ooh, I'll take that cookie. All right. First, we're going to start off with video games, Tone. Let's start off with video games. This week, this past week, PlayStation had their... Uh, I think the, was it the first state of the play or the second state of play of the year? Second state, wasn't it? Second state of the play, I, I believe it was. And now, even though I was kind of hoping for a showcase, which I still think we're probably going to get sometime this summer or maybe even September. I think It'll September was the first party stuff, right? That's really yeah. They'll talk about everything that's coming from first party studios. Uh, you know, this year, whatever. We might get one in the summer yet, right? Some people are speculating July, but I think the last one they did was in September. And Sony typically likes to follow a pattern. So if it's not in July, I would definitely say uh, September is a safe bet. 
Um, but we do know that, you know, they have other titles based on a lot of people that have talked about and they have inside knowledge and, you know, insiders and take a lot of stuff that they say with Grand Assault. A lot of them say uh, Sony still has some stuff to come out this year that they haven't announced yet. So, have to see. But what this state of play was, was mostly about uh, third-party partnerships, uh, third-party partners that they have games coming to their system as well as on Xbox. I think most everything here, with the exception of a couple of titles, are coming to Xbox and other consoles and PC as well. Um, but the, the focus was on uh, some third-party stuff as well as PlayStation 2 VR, PlayStation VR 2. Sadly, we did not get a release date. I was kind of hoping maybe we'd get a little bit of love. Uh, but it also does sound like, based on what we saw on one of the PSVR titles there, it's safe to assume that PSVR 2 will probably be doing a March release, kind of like how they did with the first PlayStation mm-hmm. VR. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that it might come out this year, but The Walking Dead, Sinner and Sins, or whatever that game is called, said it's coming to PlayStation VR in the fall and PlayStation VR 2 in 2023. So, safe to assume... PlayStation VR 2 will probably be a 2023 launch, time. which I'm cool with. Let me save up some money. Let yeah. me get the system. I'm all about PlayStation VR or VR in general, but really excited about uh, PSVR 2. Yeah. Um, but, Tone, the first way, the, they opened up the show strong. They opened up the show strong. A lot of people were expecting. We'll Rabid see, fans, man. A lot of people were expecting to see. I mean, we've seen a remake of 2. We've seen a remake of 3. And now we have know that Resident Evil 4 will be getting a remake, and that will be coming out in March 2023. One of the interesting things from this trailer was at the end of the trailer, it looked like there might be some changes or some kind of like reimagining of certain scenes or story arcs, which a lot of people were like, ooh, that's interesting. Because normally when you do a remake, you, you're pretty much following that same storyline and and for the most part but it it sounds like this could be some sizable changes and something else some uh some people are speculating is that resident evil remake uh may reimagine the story further as there may be a prologue tasking the player to guide ashley away from cultus until she is inevitably captured if this is the case players will likely see the kidnapping play out in the game this time adding more emotional gravitas to the character. Why so not? There might be some other stuff added into this game that's a little bit different than what you're familiar with. I am sad to say this. I never played Resi 4. I So I dabbled in 4. Uh, my BFF, uh, Jay Money, and the crew, we used to sit around, uh, and he would play it, and I, he's a huge fan as well, too. Um, it looks gorgeous. I just Resident Evil was never a series I personally followed outside of the first one. Sure. Um, it's definitely something that I do respect and enjoy. I, I love Capcom, so inherently I just appreciate what they've done with it. I didn't like 5. I didn't play 6. I played most of 7. Uh, I haven't touched 8 yet. The village is so I mean, again, yeah, this is it. They're all great <laughs> games. It's a series that's been for around for a while that people love. And you know what? I'll never forget the first time I played the PlayStation version of Resident Evil. The first time. <laughs> that awesome and you go down. You go down. Well, you go down that hallway and those fucking Doberman <laughs> come through the window, <laughs> like scared the shit out of you. That was man. nothing I had ever touched in a video game at that time yeah. prior. So for you know, so very iconic. So people want this. I was very critical of three because you paid sixty dollars for a six to eight hour game. That was a short game. This is not that. This is this is what kind of evolved the series fully on into kind of where it's gone now at this point. So I'm really excited about this for the people that are going to play it. Like I don't know if I'll touch it, but. 
Uh, this is exciting for those people. And I think expanding on it, there's nothing wrong with it. Expanding on something that's already there and like not necessarily reimagining, I feel like just expanding on it, kind of like how Final Fantasy VII Remake a little more insight, did a little, a little bit of that, lore. more perspective. You know what? Fuck it. That's right. fine. That's Ooh. fine. You're not changing the core of anything. If anything, you're just adding more like perspective to yeah. it. You know, so give you a little more. Like it says, emotional gravitas to a certain character, yeah. a certain storyline. Add a bandit job as palace. Why not? To be honest with you, man, like I played five. I actually like five. I know five has got heavily criticized because it was a lot of action oriented stuff. I actually, I thought five was actually a lot of fun. Having now, a six, button to turn around 180 degrees is stupid. I never played six just because for whatever reason. I think it was a trailer. I was like, this, this looks fucking not, like this doesn't look anything like Resident Evil. Yeah. But there are, there is an, an audience people who love six. Yeah, because they they chopped up the story through different like three or four different character perspectives and shit that you were doing. Oh, is that what it was? I think if I remember correctly, I like, think you I think you're right now. You like you were that. doing different characters. I think well, I don't know, Wesker's son might have been one of them as well too. I think. Oh man. Um. So and, and like there was some Gears of War like cover things as well too. If yes. I remember correctly. Yep. So yeah, there are people out there that actually really like six. But I I just like I said I don't. It's a lot for me to really follow sometimes the, either the horror or the um, zombie genres. So I'm with you there, Miz. It is. It yeah, was one it of did. The first game to scare the shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, that was the, that was the first game to scare the shit out of me. Hey, look at that virus is able to make a oh, stream. Oh shit! What's up, virus? What up, dude? He, virus he, is on that uh, Diablo bit, man. He's, he's on there. Yeah, he's, he's on the there. Diablo. Send me a, a picture today wearing his banter and babble shirt because it was B and B day. So we oh, appreciate that. Oh my ninja! Uh, yeah, buddy. Moss uh, Mossy Pro's got his shirt today as well too. Awesome. So he's shirt cocking probably out there somewhere. Exclamation point! Enter. We are giving away another shirt another and shirt a mug tonight. and a mug and a mug. Get and a coffee mug. mug. Add that to your collection, man. Get a get a different colored shirt this time. There you go. Switch it up. There you go. Um, you know, for me, dude, Resident Evil. Um, I felt like seven and eight has been the best that Resident Evil has ever an, been. Well, four was an evolution, and now they're first person that evolved again. And look how relevant yeah. it is. Like seven, That's... everything about seven was good except for the final boss battle. The final boss battle was super underwhelming. I was like, oh, yeah, you almost had it. You almost had like the perfect mm -hmm. game. Overall, though, I fucking love Resident Evil. VR. Resident Evil 8 or Village was fucking awesome, yeah. and they nailed the boss battle. Like everything was just. About that game was really, really mm -hmm. fucking good. I loved Village, so uh, I'm and I like the way they handled two. I like the way they handled three in terms of like remaking them and making them modernized a little bit more. Yes, three was definitely a lot shorter than I would have liked. Thirty bucks, but it was fun. I, I had a good time with it overall. I got my money's worth. In my opinion, I thought it was an exciting, fun game to play. Uh, I am excited about playing this one because I again I've never fully played through four. I think I've dabbled with it here and there. I know they had a couple. A PS4 version, and I think they had other versions, but this is like a full-on remake. And if they're going to give it the same business they gave two and three, right? I mean, I'll and, and this is a it. better, bigger game, I think, in the in, in the terms, in, in some ways, at the very least. And this is probably outside of the first and even the second. I would say the most pop. I mean, this is clearly probably the most title of all of them. I really realistically might but, be the biggest one out of all. I, I think yeah. one will always have yeah. like a hold a place in everyone's heart, but four is like the most like four is, revered yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I have. I think I showed people a picture of that if you're in the Discord. I have the uh, chainsaw controller from PS2 version of Resident Evil oh, 4 man. sealed still in this little case. Uh, I wish I had the GameCube one. I know it's worth much more, but I do have the PS2 version that I bought for $20. Cortland Center Mall. GameStop. And I find it ironic in that you never so you never played Resident Evil 4 or beat it or anything, right? No. So so you're gonna buy this and still not beat it. <laughs> Dude, no, I've beaten all the I've beaten seven, eight, two, and three. You won't be four. I'll be four. Well, what's weird, you know, maybe I won't, dude, because if you look at the release schedule for horror games, yeah, we'll talk about Callista Protocol here shortly. That comes out in December. Yeah. We know the Dead Space remake is it. in January. 
And now we have Resident Evil 4 Remake in March. Horror fans, we're eating good. That's a lot. I mean, that's some fucking potent shit going on uh, through December all the way through March. That's some good stuff for horror folk. Uh, We also found out at at, at the state of play, Resident Evil Village will be coming to PlayStation VR 2. Now, I don't know if you... Did you watch these videos, Tone? Yeah. It looked just like the game. Horizon Call of the Mountain and Resident Evil Village looked fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. And this is VR footage that you're seeing there. Mm -hmm. And, dude, that is leaps and bounds over what we had last gen. Correct. I mean, look, like I enjoyed PlayStation VR with its limitations and everything and, and, and all of its... You know, it's it's flaws. It was a great experience for me to finally get VR at an accessible level mm-hmm. and get quality stuff out of it. There's some great games on PlayStation VR as well as other VR headsets. But in terms of like PlayStation VR, this seems like a major evolution in terms of the processing power of not only the PSVR but also with the PS5 in tow. And Resident Evil Village and Horizon Call of the Mountain look fucking awesome. Yeah. Like phenomenal-looking really games. Mm-hmm. So, again... VR is one of those things, man, where Tone and I can sit here and wax on poetically about them, but until you put the headset on, you'll never fully understand what we're talking about. And I get it. There's a lot of people who can't put on a headset because they get motion sickness. And I seriously, all I can say to you is, I'm fucking sorry. That sucks. You cannot experience these games where you put the headset on and you are just in this world. A seamless transition from in your basement to in the world of the game you're playing. And I fucking I feel bad for people who can't experience it because for myself, it's it's one of those things that I'll just I'll never be able to like experience for the first time again. Because it is an experience. It is. It's seriously, it's man. You're, you're in this world, and then you look at the PSVR two controllers and how they're going to have haptic feedback. They're taking this stuff to the next level, and I'm ready to be immersed mm-hmm. in these games. I'm really excited about what we saw from PSVR 2. I wish we would have gotten a fucking release date or maybe some pricing, but I'm sure if they do do a showcase in the right. fall, we're going to get more information pri- uh, cl- coming closer to launch. Yeah, some people – that's the way it is, Miss. Some people only handle small doses. I would be the guy on a Friday night playing at about 10 p.m., getting drunk and drinking beers and playing Eve Valkyrie online with a stick – Flying around to like 2 a.m., getting drunk and doing like combat, you know, dogfighting in space and having a fucking blast. Like, it sucks because I'm the way opposite of the spectrum. Like, I will drink in VR. I will, like, <laughs> I'll be on it for hours and won't want to get And it rid really of it does well matter. Too. It really does depend on how optimized the game is. I mean, I love playing yeah, in VR. Yeah. But I played Arizona Sunshine. I turned that shit off after 20 minutes and threw up. Yeah. And I never, yeah. I had never gotten sick to the, at that point right. playing VR. But yeah, if it's not optimized, and, the most, and it's really and it just and turning around bothers <clears> you a lot. It compared to something like Firewall Zero Hour, mm. where I'm in there doing a first person shooter and it's just a smooth experience. I'm like, fuck, man. When you get those experiences where you it's just optimized great and it handles motion so mm. well, you're just like, fuck, man, this is what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. Or being in a virtual first person MMO, something like uh, I don't Elysia. know, Elysium. Uh, Elysia, Elysia is yeah. one we're, we're looking for. I do want to uh, – Brian says, did you think RE4 was scary? I felt like none of that action – felt like more of an action game. So, yeah, I, the, the series, I think, did slowly start the evolution of 4. That was part of my thing about 4 was that it kind of started going away from the zombies at that point a little bit, made it a little bit different, which it's fine. There's different T strands. There's different I, – I get all that, or viruses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um it definitely was a little bit more action, but it still had a. It was like a really good mix and bridge between the two. The it was problem very was intense. It was still. It was action, but it was slower action. Yeah. The the problem was is that five went full on full co op yeah. 
and and like action. And to be fair, it was a split screen game. So in a, in a world that was trying to get rid of like you know couch co op, it, it allowed you to do that. But it wasn't to me. It just wasn't Resident Evil. I, it was great that we were playing as uh, um, what's his face, um, Chris Redfield. Thank you, Chris Redfield again. And Jill was it? Jill Valentine was Jill? no, no. Uh, I don't think it was Jill in that one. No, it wasn't Jill. It was, might have been Claire. I can't remember who well, it was, no, but yeah, Claire's Chris, sister. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I think it was a new it was a new character. It was, it was new, anyways, new. Digress. Like uh, the point is is that yeah, yeah. I definitely I, I definitely understand that as well too, Brian. I think Would you be able good. to turn off the VR and just play on your monitor TV? I don't think the VR games the, at least on PlayStation VR, I don't Shiva. There you go. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Yep, that's that's Shiva, yeah. Um but no, I don't think on the PlayStation VR, I don't think you can play the VR games off of uh off of VR on, on your I monitor. Don't I don't think can. you can. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. Because um, I think it'll tell you you need to attach your headset. It tells yeah. you you need to attach yeah. your headset. Uh, so we saw a lot of cool stuff. Um, again, <laughs> dude, when they started showing the trailer for Walker, Walking Dead, it looked like I honestly thought it was Arizona Sunshine too. I was, I was like, joke. don't show me this shit, dude. I don't want to see it. But it's Walking Dead too. Um, that trailer was probably the weakest out of all the ones that we've seen. Uh, I'm really excited for Horizon Call of the Mountain. Experiencing that world in VR is gonna be fucking dope. Uh, we saw some sweet indie titles. Uh, we saw Eternites, which is a dating action game, blending a love story with adrenaline-driven combat as you make the most of life during the apocalypse. Scavenge for supplies, explore dungeons, and go on dates, save the world, and find love along the way. A lot of inspiration from Persona games in this one. So there's a lot of hype on this one. This trailer came out. It actually looks really good. It's a very distinct art style. Uh, it's got RPG elements. But, again, if you're into anything like Persona, this this is going to... This is gonna reach out. This is gonna resonate with this a lot of people. This could be one of those like uh, hidden gem kind of things. Like it really could out, so. a niche audience, but an audience mm. that is very passionate about these types of games. So keep an eye on Eternites uh, from Studio Sci. Now the other one, the other game indie game that I was fucking really excited about is Roller Drum. This is from developer Roll Seven. Uh, they have Ali Ali fame. They've made some great games, independent titles. Roller Drome is a third-person action shooter that seamlessly blends high-octane visceral combat with fluid movement and tricking mechanics into one complementary and challenging hole to create an original adrenaline-pumping shooter experience like no other. You're basically on fucking rollerblades, flying up sides of walls, and you have guns and you're battling. It and it's got this very cool art style. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it Roller Drome looks really, really fucking good. Here. It does. However, my concern would be. Is because that's a whole new ball game, right? That could also flop hard and be shitty. It could, like, if people, it, it could be, especially it could if be it's gonna, if it's got a steep learning curve, it could be very off putting. Really. But at the same time, if it's got a steep learning curve, and if it if it's beneficial to learn, like if you can like yes learn it and become really good, like in an like impressive way, like Rocket League, there's always that potential yeah, that you have yeah. the next Rocket League, yeah, and yep, this could yep. be something like that. Uh, uh, Roll Seven is a really fucking good developer. Yeah. They've made some great games. This is one oh. to watch is Roller Drum. This looks really, really good. Seven Dungeons mentions a good game. I thought that was called Titanfall 2. <laughs> that is one of my all-time favorite Titanfall FPS 2 is games, one of the man. all-times, man. Uh, one of the best single-player campaign, first-person shooter Great campaigns. Great first-person story, um, yeah. Dude, I will never forget the one where, is it your time traveling between the two? Yeah, man. Dude, that is seriously, it's like when a game does stuff like that in single-player, where it just does something that's so out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. That's so, dude. That was like when that happened. When that whole sequence happened, I was just like, "This is fucking nuts." Mm-hmm. It's so was, good. You keep switching between gnarly. dimensions. I was just that like, "Story was gnarly." Wow, man, that was 
I love that game. I know they said Titanfall is on the back burner, and I don't know when we'll see it from Respawn. It's I know Apex respawn. is. I know Apex is their baby right now, and they're 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 that. And I know they're also working on um, Jedi Fallen, Jedi Fallen uh, or two or whatever. Two, it, but I would really hope at red. some point that they'll revisit Titanfall. Man, and of course I use the mech tone. By the way, uh, that game I I can't think. The only other FPS I put more time into would have been Halo. Any just generally. I put so much time into Titanfall 2 on the PlayStation. That I like I would just I would I was playing it three or four nights a week and I was playing mostly solo. Mm-hmm. There was a few people that would play with me, but like I ranked the shit up. I had a I got a fucking high level last game. That was such that a fun game, game to play, dude. I fucking absolutely loved that game. There there was a gun on there that was a single shot that was just it was just like fucking a DMR or something like that. Just like- fucking brutal. Yeah, it was like a mid to long, but like yeah, it was it was fucking brutal, and I had it down to a science getting into a mech. Like I would take two or three mechs on and not have a problem with it, just because the mech I would use had a shield, and I had timing, not just how like just internally the when the shield, I knew the shield was gonna drop and what I would do next, and just I would wreck fucking people, man. I fucking like again, I <clears throat> like I want I want to ask you a question. Maybe some of the folks in the chat will will be able to answer this. I know there's we got some people in here who play Titanfall too. How did Titanfall 2's multiplayer not enter into the esports scene like well, Call you know, of Duty? Well, you remember or... how that was released. Oh, well, yeah, ever... it was a shit time. That it was, was a, a horrible yeah, time. That, they, they released Call the first Duty, one. They had Battlefield. Call, Call of Duty and Battlefield 1. It was Call of Duty. Whatever Call of Duty was, it was. Adva- was that Advanced Warfare? I think it was Advanced Warfare and Battlefield 1. They put that smack dab. It was like a four to six week period. Yeah, it was really And they put stupid. that in the middle of it. Because everyone was like, why aren't you just doing it in March like you did Titanfall 1? Titanfall one and was it got completely overshadowed. Yeah, and dude. there were some of us that played Titan two. And got, if you remember the reviews, well, they, they were exponentially better than both. Than both of them, uh, Advanced Warfare yes, and Battlefield one. Yes, it's it's an incredibly because ma- Respawn is originally the old Infinity War. Yep. Which, if you know the best Call of Duties, I don't care who you are, the best ones are the Infinity War ones. These guys are the ones that made Titanfalls, and it was fucking like you'd shoot a gun and it was spot on, like everything. You about could make it. the case that uh, uh, Respawn is like the, the 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 equal of like Bungie when it comes to gunplay mechanics. Like they fucking no, know what they're doing ha- with gunplay. Write it on your wall because that's a fact. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, if if you look at all the the first person shooters out there. I would argue that it's really difficult to top either Bungie or Respawn when it comes to gunplay yeah. mechanics. I don't know. Destiny, the argument of whether you like that or not is, is, is irrelevant. When it comes down to shooting mechanics and gunplay, I don't care who you are. If you try to tell me that somebody's better than Respawn or Bungie, I, no, you're wrong. And that's okay. That's okay to be wrong. Just don't come in here with that bullshit. Ever. Before we jump into the next game, there's one thing that's not up there. I do want to mention really quick, Uh-oh. and this is for really a couple of us. And I really hope if this is going to come out, I mean, currently in it as it sits, it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's got crossplay with PC, but we did see a Street Fighter Six full on yes. announcement. We got some gameplay. Uh, they they've evolved the game. There's some kind of adventure thing they're going. You know, honestly, Mortal Kombat did that like over a decade ago, guys, and it didn't go out so well. But whatever. <laughs> I do. I of course enjoyed it, but. Like, we'll see how this plays out. I have a little bit more faith in Capcom in that space. But at the end of the day, all I want is to be able to cross-play with my friends on Xbox. That's all I want. Because I know right. Ant House is going to pick it up. Yep. I know Ren Fox probably pick it up. I want to be able to play that with everybody cross-play. So if it if we and we don't know is it exclusive we don't know no yet. no it it's coming out it's coming out yeah, it's coming out okay. so yeah. maybe they learn whatever it is so I really 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 want to be able to cross play with my friends over there so yeah. um uh, I just want to mention that because I didn't have the list, I think so. Street Fighters at that place man where you have to I, and, and you know what I think 
things would be different. I mean, I don't know if they would be different, but there's a possibility it would be different if there, we weren't dealing with a, a chip shortage and at the rates that these systems are selling. You know, if 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 there weren't chip shortages and the PS5 could sell at its rate that it's selling when there are available compared to when the Xbox is selling when it's available. I mean, there's been a lot of Xbox Series S's on the shelves for a long time that they're just sitting there because everyone's waiting for the Series X to come available. If the PS5 were as readily available as the Xbox and they had a bigger market share, I can't help but wonder if maybe they could have gone to Capcom and said, hey, look, man, this is where our fan base is and da-da-da, and money had them. But I think at this point, because we... I mean, we are. We're still dealing with the ship, the chip yeah, shortage yeah, when it yeah. comes to these consoles. And I think Capcom's like, look, we can't afford to make this game and ship it out there when there's only X amount of consoles. I mean, and I don't know if this is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. If that's the case, then maybe maybe there is an argument to be made there why they didn't uh, do yeah, it. But knows. I think at the end of the day, though, with these next-gen systems yeah. and with not as many sales being able to happen, I think Capcom's just trying to make the most right. of it. And that's and, fine. And, 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 which I'm fine with because, like you said, you want everyone to be able to hop in there the, and beat their friends. It's it, it's good to have more exposure and have that crossplay. Like it's nice. Like, exclusives are nice. Yes, don't get me wrong. But I but while it, Street Fighter is not a huge market, anyways. Right. The game is going to thrive mostly on the PlayStation, just due to the fact that Sony owns Evo. Sure. So naturally, probably most most of like. Like right, because if you want to do Evo, three quarters of the play ba- play, yeah. player base are probably going to be on PlayStation. That's perfectly fine. However, if it's crossplay with Xbox, it really don't matter at that point. Right. So you might go to Evo and it's going to be on a PlayStation. Don't matter if you got crossplay, everybody can play. And yep. and you know they didn't get Street Fighter last time on Xbox. Let's get it back on both. Let's get crossplay on there so everybody was can Street just Fighter Four play. on Xbox. Street Fighter Four was okay. All, all, the last one that came out would have been Ultra Street Super Street Fighter Four. Okay. Um, and yes, that's on Xbox. So yes, this need this is this is a game and in, 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 you know that is better to have on all ecosystems and with crossplay. So hopefully, and, and to be honest with you, I don't know if the if Street Fighter Five was um something that Sony just went in and said, hey, we'll buy exclusivity. If I remember correctly, there was some funding or financial issues with Street Fighter Five. It where Sony That's came kind of why it was exclusive is because they put some money. But Capcom, yeah. I think, has... I think since then, Capcom was Capcom, Monster Hunter and all I that I think shit. there's a lot of things that Capcom has been... Yeah, they've been very successful with their other franchises right. where they're not yeah. so dependent on a third party or a, another publisher to come in and be like, hey, we'll help fund this, but... Right, right, right. Exclusive. They, uh, they've had this... Cuddle success. says, we need another Street Fighter like we need Doctor Strange movie. Cuddles, you should actually block yourself for a couple minutes. <laughs> uh, come on, Cuddles. Uh, I'm a cuddles. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna pick up Street Fighter. I'm, I suck. I suck at these games. That's fine. You guys don't want your shit spit on. That's fine. That's right. No, spit on it all day. Ant House. Fucking nasty. You gonna get your shit spit on too, buddy. We'll get crossplay. So, so do I gotta grab a headset? Oh no, we're gonna just talk. No, I don't have. I'm not gonna run the trailers. Oh, like you're not gonna run trailers. Oh, guess. Okay, everybody, all the fun's out today. No, no, no. They'll be behind us. They'll be behind us. So okay, they can fair see enough. It. Um. Two games we do want to talk about specifically yes. uh, because there were two games that people were really, really excited about. The first one, Tony, I think is more in your court, even though I, uh, you know, I've dabbled with a little bit of Final Fantasy. I know you are a true Final Fantasy guru. Uh, we finally, bro, finally, we got a release window. That's, yeah, yeah. as long as we got a window. I'm not going to say a day. Now that'll probably be pushed out to another year or two. So. <laughs> I hope not. But we do finally have a release window. Get that link in here, King Cuddles. For Final Fantasy 16. 
Uh, no, I was so sad for it. No, no, we'll have the trailers behind us. This is the these are gameplay stuff that we show. We'll have movie trailers. We got movie moment. trailers coming up, Kate. Don't, Don't worry, Kate. We I got know you it's, it's getting to be past your bedtime. She might not make it. Sorry. But first up is Final Fantasy 16. We finally got some gameplay. We got a release window. That's right, Brian. <laughs> and yeah. uh, oh, what is this here? Oh, Brian. Oh, yeah, he put that humble bottle in there. Yeah, there's Capcom humble. We'll have to check that out. Oh, is there a humble bottle going in? Yeah, oh, right oh, check there. Wait, click that link. Check it out. That's buy me something. So, um, Tone, yeah. uh, they, they, we finally got a, a, a substantial trailer. This is a big-time trailer. There's yeah, a lot of gameplay in here. Um, immediately, what were your takeaways from this trailer, that, the things that, that, that stood out to you? Uh, exactly what Brian said, Devil May Fantasy. <laughs> Devil May Fantasy. Uh, no, immediately what I saw was, besides Devil May Fantasy, uh, was clearly graphically, um, there's a lot, of, and there, it, it, it looks, it has that feel already of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I mean, you're seeing some medieval. I stuff. don't think this is coming this to looks, PS4 either. This I think looks this is fu- PS5 and PC only. Looks sexy. They've got the what, what engine do they use? What does Final Fantasy? What does Square uh, use? Well, th- them just like Cap, because Capcom's in-house engine is a pretty engine as well. Oh, it's, I think it's is it the RE engine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a I pretty engine. As well engine. Too. But Material this engine, system still my favorite. Oh. That hey, no, I'm not going to debate that either. Um, this looks pretty. And my biggest concern initially, just to get that out of the way, is yes, the the main creative like act or like developer or action developer, whatever combat it is, combat director, combat director. Thank yep. you. Uh, a devil may cry uh, is in lead of this. Here's the thing: there's an impressive uh, group of people working on this game. Though, there, right there is, and a lot of people love Devil May Cry. I don't love Devil May Cry. I don't like its combat. I don't like the stylish. And I I, lo- I played the fuck out of the first one. The shit out of the first one. And I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but stylish combat isn't for me. Because after about 10 minutes of doing the You've same seen move, everything. your yeah. thumb gets sore, you get a cramp, <laughs> you can't jerk off later, you're crying about it, wham, wham, wham. I don't give a shit about like S rankings and high rankings. I just want to fucking wreck shit, move on, or whatever it is. Sure. Now. Is. I'm just I'm getting what I'm seeing here though. I also don't see party members outside of one character. But again, they might have some cards close to their chest. I would really be disappointed in some way if this turned more Kingdom Hearts esque or just more single player, one character mm-hmm. things in that nature. I don't want that. I like party building. You if like it's party building. even if it's not turn based, which I would always prefer turn based all day. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Or a hybrid like Seven Remake has done. Yep. That said, of course, I will still at least give a try to this because the actioniness that 15 had, even with the party, I actually liked the combat. It worked. It felt more It felt more like Kingdom Hearts, which even though I don't like Kingdom Hearts series, I enjoy the combat. The game, the gameplay is really awesome. That's one of the best things about Kingdom Hearts. This looks beyond that, and that is that for me personally is concerning because I don't – listen, it, it's just like with everything else. Things need to evolve, and I understand that. But when you get so far from something that you're just calling it by name, and like there's so much, it's so different, and it doesn't feel like the same. That 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 can kind of take me out of it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think they got to be careful of that. And I know I'm not the only one that said that. However, I'm I'm excited about it. It looks great. the The fucking summons. There's look a great. lot of talk about the summons. Yeah, and my again, just like 15, they only had like four or five in there. We only seen like six to eight in here. Like <laughs> the pantheon of summons in Final Fantasy is more like an excess of 15 to 20. Right. Like I want a lot of summons. I always want a lot of summons. I want to see them with new graphics, right? Right. And when you're kind of you don't get that many, it's kind of a bummer. Now, there's some great people involved. 
Final Fantasy XIV Reborn is one of the best MMOs I've ever played. It's the one MMO outside of the another one that I always think about playing. That Some of those people are involved in story building and yes. everything of that. That's great because that means we're probably going to get a really awesome story. Mm-hmm. So maybe the combat and everything's going to change. Like, you know, again, they just had a game release. Uh, what was that game that came out a couple months ago? Like something... Uh, not Outsiders either, Outriders either. Um, something what was that new game, Brian, that they just had come out that was like a weird, like hybrid prequel to Final Fantasies. Like I don't know what they were thinking about Origins? in that whole thing. Um, it was like Origin or something like that, or Dark something. I don't remember what the fuck it was. I thought it was Origins, and and it looked very similar to this combat, really combat heavy, mm-hmm. like fast combat. And I know it just didn't Stranger Stranger's Paradise. Par- there yeah, you go. and it was. I know it's kind of weird and. I'm still not sold on that, but I would like to try it at least someday. Mm-hmm. So I got shades of that and that and this, and that concerns me because I'm like, I want, I just want Final Fantasy to be successful. Right. Right. And we haven't had one in years since 15. And there's a lot of back and forth on 15. I could go into a whole hour on that as well, too. But at the end of the day, I'll digress some here because I could talk forever on Final Fantasy. <laughs> I am excited about it. It'll be a day one. I will play it. And, you know, maybe all the stuff I'm complaining about here, worried about, maybe it won't matter, right? Once I play it. It might, it might not matter. We'll see. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to give it a day in court because typically, you know, it's it's a it's a big heavy hitter. It's one of my all-time favorite series. And, you know, it, we have a love-hate relationship. I have a love-hate relationship with the Enix side of it. So, we'll see. You're more of a square soft guy. I'm, I'm a purist. <laughs> I'm a purist. Mm-hmm. No, it's just I think people are, are relieved to finally at least have a window because we've it's gone exciting so to long. have a window. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since we've heard anything about the. My years? understanding is the director said this game is done. This game is done. So the chances of it being pushed back, I think, are pretty slim. Yeah, this game is my... done. They're <laughs> it's spend... a Final Fantasy, dude. They're spending a year to yes. optimize and polish. That that can only benefit us. That can only really benefit gamers. It looks. I mean, like I said, it, if you look, see that trailer, it looks it looks gorgeous. fucking awesome. It looks fucking gorgeous. And so. I'm not. I, and I'm not the fan of Fantasy, Final Fantasy guy that you are. I mean, I just I'm watching that trailer. I'm just like, damn. Well, and the, that's that the, the, the thing about the evolution is that you know gamers are evolving as well too. I get it. I I call my RPGs I like to play the Grandpa JRPGs of yesteryear. Right. You know, I get it. Not that's not. Our society isn't built like that anymore. We're casual gamers. We're fast-paced. We want one and done and move forward. Sure. So there's a lot of people that are going to play this, and it might even be their first Final Fantasy, and they're going to love it. And, you know, I can sit here and be get off my lawn all day, but at the end of the day, if it is, uh, you know, built well for mm-hmm. what it is, for what it is, then, you know, maybe Final Fantasy's got a new fan. And I guess in a way I would kind of rather see that as well, too, even if I complain about it. But as I shake my fist, I'll probably be going... <laughs> 80 hours into it like as long like listen at the end of the day uh, maybe i'll adapt to the combat as long as i'm worried about stylish bullshit. i gotta believe they'll go with other hybrid versions of it. I, I, I would imagine I can't some imagine ways, them abandoning right a right. certain camp so i would as long as it's a final fantasy that gives me rich story character development and goes at least 60 to 80 hours I'll be. I'll probably be just fine. I won't even lie, man. When I when I fired up Final Fantasy's remake, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, I, I, I immediately went to the turn-based hybrid. What I, a game. I had to. I had to go. What to a it. game. Um, and so the game. fact that uh, you know that hopefully they can then utilize this because I don't know if I would want that like full-time, real-time. Whatever Interesting. You call it. We didn't get any announcement about that, and people were hoping for that announcement still. What's that? The second part. The to second. Remake. Yeah. I, that's. I mean. I can't help but wonder if we'll see something at Game Fest. I do feel like we're due for the announcement where it's uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to Xbox and other platforms and what have you, because I, I feel like at some point that's got to happen. But also, like you said, 
I could see that being like a shadow announcement and then being like, okay, here's Final Fantasy Part Remake Part 2 coming to PlayStation. There you go. And then Square announced fucking another Just Cause. It's like you guys are selling off your, Western, your, Western, your Western titles that you allow development. And then you're just are you going, not a Just Cause fan? I have no problem with Just Cause. Oh, I have okay. a problem with Square Soft and ways sometimes they handle their Western developers. Right. No. Just Cause as games a publisher. Are, Just Cause games are one of those games that continue to iterate upon and get better and better with every release. I know so. four didn't seem to do as good, but I still think two was. I, th- I feel like four is the one that benefited from the next gen consoles uh, because yeah. it, it started to run a lot better. Final Fantasy VII Remake must be coming uh, twenty twenty four because they wouldn't release two. Hey, they got rid of some. They trimmed their fat on their Western uh, groups, so who knows at this point? That's dude. That's a good point. I mean, Brian makes a good point too. I mean, uh, why release? Why? But why yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. But like you said, they they've released all the shit. They all they are is Let's Final get silly. Fantasy. Let's get silly. Anyway, Final Fantasy and Outriders. And uh, well, what if they announce that it comes out this fall? That Sony thing. But I mean, and seriously, also Outriders. Uh, a lot people are excited for this expansion coming out this fall there's a huge addition coming to outriders man i'm just saying i'm just saying there's a lot of people who are really hyped for this why what were they all 10 in a room on a oh, computer grow up cool. you didn't even play it yeah whatever okay i played some of the beta it was eh. oh you played the beta. Had, it did have potential to it be does and, and you know hey potential. maybe maybe the expansion because they're they're changing a lot of the systems could make it more appealing. It won't. Uh, it still has itemization problem. Final Fantasy VII Part yeah, II can't come this fall because of Forspoken. Oh, he's right about that. Won't be this fall because oh, Forspoken. See, That's I'm a square joint. I'm excited about that, too, actually. It looks pretty good. Forspoken has potential. Yeah, man, he might be right. 2024 might be the soonest we'll see. No. Uh, Lottie fucking die. We'll get the third one when I'm fucking 75. Sweet. <laughs> that's, that's what my new goal is to play the the third piece of that remake when I'm uh, before I fucking die. <laughs> All right. What's up, Crash? All right. Let's move on to the uh, the second game that really stuck to us. This, this is the one the we've one been most, waiting for, Tom. My most anticipated game of all this entire generation. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Most anticipated game Absolutely. of 2022 and not just 2022. This is my most of, of the generation. Of the generation. I've said that before on this. You can go back and dock it. I'm, I'm, I just wanted to reiterate and make sure we had, we had this on. This is numero uno and has been since we've seen it. Callisto Protocol. Absolutely. Where last week I was, or the week before I was like, no, dude, I think it's coming out in, in uh, this winter or this fall. And you were like, no, nah, man, it's coming out next year. Guess I, I thought was it was right. going to be spring. No, you're an idiot. So that's okay. Anyways, Callisto Protocol, which is now confirmed for December 2nd, 2022. After the B-Day, bro. This was kicking off that horror mo- uh, game. Uh, uh, I'll take uh, the second off. To, oh, you're taking the second. Oh, I will. I think I will for this. Really? One. That's how excited oh, I am. Oh shit! We finally got fucking gameplay, dude. And uh, yeah, dude. Dude, it looks kind of hot. Cool. It Be looks cool kind of hot. Bigger, but whatever. Uh, this is coming from Striking Dead Distant Studios, as well as working with Skybound Entertainment. And uh, you know, obviously, Striking Dead Studios is 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 headed by Glenn Schofield, who is the original mind behind Dead Space. Brian, I will address that shortly. So let me ask, Dead Space re- Remake or the Callisto Protocol? We do you want me to address that? Mo- yeah, before, well, shortly. Okay. Tone, before okay. we get into that, get I do want to get your thoughts on this trailer. You've been waiting to see this. This looked fucking incredible. Not only does it look like one of the best games so far this gen that I've seen, um, I get I definitely, because honestly, I still think that one of the best games this gen is still is Returnal, and I'll, all, all day I'll say that. I sure. Returnal looks gorgeous. Striking distance, sorry. This game looks absolutely fucking 
killer. And I found it was fucking hilarious to me. And I was telling you this. Even look at the fucking health bar, too. Yeah, Even yeah, look yeah. at the fucking health bar. Yeah, yeah. I love how it's so much shades and everybody's like, oh, Facebook. Oh, gosh, this looks like Dead Space. <laughs> and it's like, you fucking people not pay attention to anything that they the actual not. guy, the guy of old visceral games. Yep. Glenn is involved in this fucking game. Jesus fucking Christ, everybody. Read. For fuck's sake, learn something. This game is the game for me. This is it. Listen, Dead Space is one of my all-time favorite series. It's a, it's still a new IP in terms of anything. It's only, what, within 10 years old now at this point? Yep. It was one of the best IPs that came out during the 360 to PS3 generation, hands down. Yep. I was a huge fan. It's one of the few games since Resident Evil as a horror game that I play, the second one in particular, where I would play for a little bit, pause the game so I could stop hyperventilating, and then continue. Because the suspense in these games Audio. are built like no other. When you have a headset on, or I was using full-on surround sound without a headset. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking experience. You're doing this shit. You're like, looking Dude, like what the fuck? When you are in, and I always talk about this, and I probably talked about it in here before seeing some of these trailers. When you are in that nursery in Dead Space 2, and you've got surround sound going oh, on, Jesus. and you've got yeah, most of yeah, the lights yeah. off in your home, yeah, yeah, yeah. good luck, good luck sh holding your shit in. <laughs> it's fucking creepy as shit. Now, listen, <laughs> to kind of get into what Brian said, here's my thing. I am very selective on my EA. I play certain Need for Speeds in Dragon Age. And it's really begrudgingly hard for me to give them any of my money at all as a company. I know some people might have their thing with Activision, whatever it is. EA is a special case. <laughs> I will always, always, at this point, how I completely wrote off, well, not completely clear because I still play Dragon Age, how I nearly completely wrote off uh, EA was how they treated Visceral Games. Yeah, they, they fucked that up. They man. bought one of the best indie developers that came up out of nowhere yep. in, in two gens ago and trashed them and shut them down. So I will not be playing Dead Space Remake. Oh, I will wow. not be giving them my money. If it comes out on Game Pass, I will consider it. Because let's be honest with this, th that remake will be on Game Pass faster than you know it. So that will, or, or the PlayStation, whatever it is. I may check it out on that, but I have... Listen, this comes out December 2nd. Why would I even care about Dead Space at that point? Oh, my I God. I still have my Dead Space 1, you know, disc. I'll put it in and play that and give Visceral the love. But I'm not going to... No. There's no way in fucking hell from principle and, and, and just generally am I going to give that any love. I'm, I'm sorry. I know people are excited about it, and it's great. But, like, literally, when you're remaking a game of a company that you fucking closed down that can do just about anything, you could have just given the key to the world and you didn't. Fuck that. There, there's principalities involved there for me. <laughs> it's the principle, Smokey. The principalities. There. <laughs> no, dude, I'm hyped for this shit, dude. Uh, the Eldritch horror, the, the Lovecraftian dude, horror that we saw in this trailer. That's all it is. Uh, I, you know, like said, I, I, the dude, buy him Dead Space and make him play like, like <laughs> you made him watch Halo. <laughs> I'll be picking up Dead Space. I, I mean, look, I, I don't like EA. I do like the people who are... I'm very passionate about the Dead Space IP. I, I, I love developers. I don't like publishers most times. Sure. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to pick it up. But, I mean, this looks fucking dope. These are from the same... Like, look, the Dead Space remake, the thing that I'm, that I'm most interested about this is, like, look, the Dead Space remake is a really cool idea, and I'm excited for it. 
but it's based around dead space. So there's a thought process of what this game needs. That they're stuck kind of like in this echo chamber, like in this box. They can't deviate much from what made dead space so special. Callisto protocol though, isn't restricted. And these are the same minds behind dead space and they're evolving. They're mo- they're expanding on these ideas. They're not they're not restricted to the looks. dead space DNA. They're not restricted to that 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 playbook. They can go out and make whatever the fuck they want to make. And dude, if it's the same people, I mean, the gameplay, yes, it looks very similar to Dead Space, but you know there's going to be things that make it different than Dead Space, and that's what's appealing to me. Dead Space remake looks really good, and I'm excited for it because I do love Dead Space. But this is an original IP. This is something different from the minds of Dead Space. And that's why I feel like this has the advantage. This has the edge because it's not restricted by Dead right. Space. If you have limited money and you're curious of which one you should buy, give your fucking money to the right guys. Give it to the Callisto Protocol because it's good. You you may have already played Dead Space. You don't need to go down that path. If you've got if you get it on Game Pass, you probably will wait out for that because uh, Callisto Protocol. Let let's keep these guys rolling because at the end of the day. You know, I, I want I want these guys to keep making games because you know we should have gotten more past Dead Space Three, but unfortunately we didn't because of EA. So, uh, like I said, princip- it's the principalities. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. You get that reference. Dude, as soon as you said principalities, I just love that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, big, uh, hey, big perm. I mean, I'm big, big worm. worm. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. the principal, Smokey. Yeah, it's the yeah, principal. Yeah. How, how we doing? So don't forget, everybody, we do have a giveaway going on, and we're probably getting really close to that. Don't forget, he- exclamation point, enter to get in to win that banter and babble t-shirt and or that mug or both. What's both? Both. It's both. It's yes. both. I, it's it's both. Uh, I, it says mug of your choice or whatever. But whatever. No, you're going to yeah. get the t-shirt and the mug, and the exclamation mug. point, enter. Striking mm-hmm. distance can make whatever they want. Uh, to make and they made dead space hey man i mean uh, like i said they love horror they love cosmic uh i love crafty and horror and if they want to stick to that but then expand upon the mechanics of the game and make it different than dead space i yeah, trust wh- why 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 would you why would if the wheel's not broken why are you trying to fix it right like if that's in their dna i want them to make it exactly like we could have had more but keep in mind again ea just wouldn't allow that so i i'm all about i like my horror my favorite horror is sci-fi space horror that's my horror event horizon or just horror like aliens or whatever it is you know like I want that kind of eldritch kind of feel. So this is it. So. He says striking distance, and all I can think about is that shitty Bruce Willis movie with Sarah Jessica Parker. I was Parker. thinking something shitty. Yeah, I mean, he, but if you want to be a sellout and give Dead Space your money, dude, that's cool, man. <laughs> hey, man, I, you Brian, know, no don't listen to him. We judgment. appreciate your support on Patreon. Don't listen to him. He's full of shit. I love you, Brian. I'm sending my boxes from Monday. You've been down that road before. You know where that game ends, that series. But you have not touched Callisto Protocol. Uh, he, you haven't touched Sam Neill could be at the end. You don't even know. All right, before we get to the meme debate, we have another PC gaming review from our good buddy, Drastin, over at Seven Dungeons. Because that's what we do. Tony and I don't play PC games because we're fucking, we're we're not part of the the master race. We're not PC master race. We're just kind of dorks. We play on consoles and build fucking comic book shops in our basement. But let's check out the PC gaming review of V Rising. Hello, Babblers. This is Drastin from 7D Dungeons here to bring you today 
our PC game update with V Rising, the latest indie game that has come out onto the market that involves you as a risen vampire striving to rebuild your empire. This game is a mix of Valheim and other world builders with tinges of uh, RPG elements and boss battles. The objective is to mine your resources like most survival games and take back your claim. It involves heavy building options, form changes, special abilities, and that are unlocked in a unique leveling system. The levels themselves are dictated by the gear that you craft, so it allows it to gate it by the content so you're not rushing forward uh, through, through the material. This has been a really fun game. We've enjoyed it. It's been one of the most seamless to play for setting up an individual server and playing locally with friends where you can modify uh, different settings. The developers were kind of set off a bit by the popularity of the game. It has grown exponentially in oh, there are over one and a half million players as of today. Range coming in at $20 for the game. It's a fantastic deal for the amount of content that's here. Now, there are some concerns uh, going forward into the future about the in-game that they'll be working with, but the developers have already stated that, hey, this is gonna be something that they're, they're gonna uh, take care of and, and not have any issues with. It's a, it's very it's a very enthralling game. There's a lot of us that are getting into it. There's a lot of unique art styles and from taking uh, mind controlling humans to putting them in prisons and feeding on them uh, to your mimic chest that will devour your items and return some of the uh, components back to you. Some of the more favorite things to do though is the building. The building is very seamless, very easy. It's all on an integrated grid system, which makes it uh, super nice and convenient for anyone and real approachable even for your new new players to a genre such as this. But hey, this is V Rising. Be sure to check it out. You can always play with a group of us on, on the server. And until next time, this has been your Banter and Babble PC Game Review. That there was the sultry baritones of Draston over at Seven Dungeons. Our boy doing another PC game review. Make sure you are following Seven Dungeons every Monday night. Spinning that yarn, baby. Spinning that yarn. Doing that D&D shenanigans. Make sure you follow Draston. We appreciate you, man. That was a great review. I can't awesome. wait to sit down and uh, talk a little... Uh, Diablo Immortal with him. Uh, hopefully this week. Well, hopefully by next week, uh, if not the week after, we'll definitely get a review in mm -hmm. uh, to talk about uh, 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 Diablo Immortal, which I've had a lot of fun with. But Dressin, seriously, man, we appreciate you, bro. Those are awesome. The PC game reviews. Uh, like I said, Tony and I don't do a whole lot of PC gaming, and so to have a community like you and Cuddles and, and Tricky who are always playing PC games, and you always find some of these smaller titles that might stand out, like V Rising. 
and, and to get your hands on it and talk about it. I think that's uh, really important for our community to have that insight. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, and uh, honestly, yeah, I thought that was a great uh, uh, little uh, thing you put together there. So I appreciate it. I thought actually the game looks really good. Honestly, if you want me to play 7D, you buy me a you know brand new cyber PC, bro. I'll play with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more than 20 bucks, but I'd play with you. That it, Tell you game. what, you'll pay the 20 bucks for the game. I'll buy the game. <laughs> I would really play that game. It doesn't look like bullshit like Valheim turned into. <laughs> we have things to talk about with Diablo because it's getting shit on for no reason. No, it definitely is, man. I see it on I, I see it mm-hmm. on social media. I see a lot of people um um really giving Diablo more to the business, which again I haven't either I haven't hit the point that they've mm-hmm. hit or I just don't I maybe I'm not invested enough in the PvP to see the pay to win stuff. Sure. And I'm not so I'm not going to sit there and say that pay to win doesn't exist. I think it's really difficult for them to uh to balance that because it's a free game. I myself look, whether it's Activision or EA, if they if somebody puts out a free to play game, I automatically think in my mind there's going to be microtransactions because they have to fucking make money somehow. But, you know, no, look, if I was big into PvP, yes, I would probably be like, man, this fucks, cons- this right. was sucks. Constantly getting into matches in PvP, getting hammered by people because they have mommy and daddy's like free, you know, buy whatever you want to buy. Right. Then that sucks. But in a PvE element, in a PvE ecosystem, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it pops up, buy all these gems so you rank up your gear. No, that's cool. I'm just grinding stuff. We created a banter and babble community. We created a banter and babble clan. It's fun to play on mobile. I played it on PC, and we'll talk about that. The PC version, honestly, it's not my preferred way to play. I played the PC version. I prefer it on my phone. Uh, Now, I have the backbone, but even without the backbone, I played it with touch controls. It's it's pretty good. So I don't have an issue playing with it on my phone. You get onto the PC side of things. Is this game really controller is key for PC? But even with controller, and I know I've had some lag with my controller. Even then, I prefer it on my phone. I just think it looks better and it runs better. Um, but I mean, everyone's gonna be different. Everyone's PC. My PC should be able to run this game at the highest settings, and it does. It's just not mind blowing shit. It's just kind of like, eh, it's whatever. But for a, for somebody who does not like touchscreen controls, this game actually works pretty good. Oh. Like, so I'm really happy with it. So uh, we'll be talking about that. That'll probably be on next week's show. We'll do a a Diablo Immortal PC mobile gaming review. We'll switch it up a little bit. But we have some fucking trailers. Kate, wake up. We got some trailers. We got three trailers. Now, look, a couple weeks ago, we saw a teaser trailer for the next Predator movie, Prey. And you and I were kind of like, oh, well, our expectations are low. Mm Mm-hmm. We're cautiously optimistic. Correct. The premise in it, it itself is like, man, really this cool. could be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. We now have a full-on trailer for Prey, which comes out on Hulu on August 5th. Let's check it out. That again. I, okay, look, dude. It's so cool. Oh, hey, where are we at? Oh! We're in the shadows with the Predator. Oh, my God. Just joking, we're right here. Anywho, all right, Tone. Magic. So, we got a full-on trailer now, mm-hmm. okay? And I think you and I agree this, again, the potential mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. This could be dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. 
Could this be the first compared movie in like 20 years? Brian, the potential is there. And we do know that uh, the director of the show, or the showrunner of this, or the producer said, Disney said, we're not going to get in your way. Make this shit R-rated. So this is going to be a violent movie, much like Predator. Right, half-ass. So that's awesome. We also found out that uh, Deadpool 3, Disney is not going to Disneyfy that shit either. There's, the writers of the show said that's going to be fucking R-rated, as you would expect. Putting them on Hulu and putting them in their special. I love that Disney yeah. is not fucking this shit up. Mm -hmm. uh, such an awesome premise. But let's be real. It'll probably be a letdown. Hey, look, Crash, expectations are right down here, bro. My expectations for The Predator was way up here. I remember and it was horrible. going into... Venom versus Carnage. <laughs> Having low expectations, fault. but thinking it was going to be better than Venom. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I feel like this, at the very least, has potential to be more in like the five to six range, potentially, of, of the uh, on the uh, uh, the Mortal Kombat scale. We'll put it like that. So this is set. Now, here's the thing that stood out to me with this trailer. And I know Jay Hill, it, it struck him at first, and, and he messaged me, and we were talking about the trailer. And... I was like, okay, this trailer was fucking cool. I, again, I love the premise. Mm -hmm. But immediately I was like, why is everyone speaking like clear English? You know, I was just like, wait, what? This is like 300 years ago during the, like the Comanche time. Probably because POV is from their perspective. Well, so well no, here's the thing. Clearly. Here's the thing that I told Jay Hill that, I, that maybe they'll do this because I thought it was something I loved about Hunt for Red October mm. is at the beginning – when Sean Connery's Marco Ramius is talking to Sam Neill's yeah. character, they're speaking in Russian. They're speaking in Russian and there's subtitles. And I love what um, the director did. It's the same guy that did Die Hard. He, uh, the camera's on Ramius as he's talking in, in Russian, and it zooms in right up to his mouth, right up to his mouth, and then it backs away, and he's speaking mm -hmm. in English. It's as if they're saying, okay, look. You know these guys are Russian. I think that's the same thing here. And I like really that. hope that's what they do here. But we also did find out today, you heard this earlier, uh, uh, producer uh, Jane Myers, I'm reading this right here just so you guys have this information. Uh, Jane Myers has revealed something really cool about Prey in the wake of the trailer dropping, telling comicbook.com that the film will receive a full Comanche language dub. Uh, quote, we do, like, we do have like Comanche throughout the film, but when you first choose to watch the film, this will be the first time that the Comanche language, and I'm Comanche, by the way, this will be the first time that our language is in full dub and also subtitled for the whole film. That's fucking hot. So that's really important to me, and the language component's very important because this will also be the first time that a film has been completely dubbed. You get the option of watching it in Comanche, on a brand new film. That's cool. End quote. That's fucking know, yeah. dope. That's something with fucking eye. So, like, here's my thing, though. Like, we've seen how many movies in even colonial times or movies from French perspective sure. or, or, or even, like, old German. you got to make it accessible for everybody. Well, yeah. It, it, they, they speak English because that's considered common and that's who your audience is. You, exactly. You know, you have to suspend your disbelief. It just you know sounded it. weird. Yeah, you, you know, know that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I would totally, for the record, because as a big anime fan, like, I love... Like, you sub. like subtitles. I like subs. So like for me, like doing that that language in sub in this, that'd probably be really fucking immersive. I'm into that. It's it's kinda like the what are those uh Russian games that have come out on um on consoles and PC? There's that series Metro. Everyone yeah. talks about how like, dude, you gotta play that shit with the Russian dialogue. I play all my final and play your subtitles on. 
And dude, uh, I will <laughs> Scottish Sean Johnnery doing Russian. And Josie was. I also feel like that's probably also why they they were like, okay, look, speak Russian for a few minutes, Sean, because we got to get back to the line, you know, the the the, the, the Sean Connery voice. We can't have you speaking Russian the whole time. I am the last one. But I also thought it was kind of funny though, though, even though they do that transition, we're like, okay, you're gonna speak English. You still got Sam Neill over there speaking in English. With that Russian accent, I would have liked to have seen Montana. I was just like, okay, are we going full-on transition, or are we going to just right. speak English with the Russian accent? They couldn't really tell. But, um, no, I, I, I assume they would do something like that, but the fact that they're going to have a full Comanche dub, there is absolutely no fucking way I'm watching this movie in English. I am going to listen to that, because I feel like, dude... The premise, that's what makes it so interesting. This is before we're speaking English and wielding fucking assault rifles and, and, and you got to have fucking Arnold there Schwarzenegger. Huh? There were, there were colonial people with guns in it. Uh, that part was interesting. I, I didn't realize that. But we don't have ARs. I mean, they got the muzzle loaders and I all know, that I shit. I know, I know, I know. But um, you get way more emotional from the Japanese anime being subbed. You Absolutely, do. Josie. Josie's not wrong. That's how I play a lot of my RPGs, dude. I mean, dude, if it's off, dude, I don't want to play Metro that takes place in Russia and hear some shit ass fucking voiceover. I want to hear that authentic Russian language. I like reading subtitles. I'm cool with that. I will watch this in Comanche if I have to. I just feel like it's going to add to the authenticity of it. And because I, it, it'll help really pull you into the experience of correct. what they're trying to do with this correct, movie. Correct. Obviously, we talked about the director, the director of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. This guy knows how to do fucking tension. And if there's something that the Predator franchise has been missing since Predator 2, which had zero tension, I actually felt like Predators with, with Agent Brody had some really good scenes. But the Predator was terrible. AVP was just more of just fanfare stuff with the, the two franchises. Don't exist. Anybody remember Apocalypto? I'm trying to forget it, Crash. Mel Gibson's opus. <laughs> Time out. Did we not get a, a winner? I don't know if we got a winner. Right? Oh, there's ha, right there. Brian MX. You have won the giveaway! Exclamation go, point boy. claim. Get in there, Brian, and hit that exclamation point. I can't believe I just fucking That's said fucking that. Hilarious, That's fucking hilarious, man. Weird. You're, uh, you're I'm a Jedi. fucking Jedi. You got that Force-sensitive shit. Right, right. Brian MX, congratulations. You are the winner. Make sure you hit exclamation point claim, or it's going to pick someone else, and then I have to be that guy who says, sorry, bro, you didn't win. Right, and when you select your shirt, there is an option for either the ones that, like, the sleeves that stick together or not, so... <laughs> Just FYI. Congratulations. There he is. Congratulations, Brian. Thanks, I will brother. get in touch with you after the show. We'll get you a T-shirt. I want to see. Brian, Brian is ripped, so I'm going to get you an extra small T-shirt. Oh, my so God. So everything is just busting through, bro. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I want a picture of you busting through as you're drinking your coffee. You're going to say busting a nut. But I mean, it, it might be that, too. I mean, who knows? Right, right. Do you have an adult onesie? Not yet. Now that you mentioned it, I'm going to send a uh, thing over to Stream Elements be like, yo. Yeah, get us those onesies, bro. <laughs> Send the night shirt. <laughs> the snaps nice. at the bottom. I, like as always, anybody that does get a shirt with us, we do appreciate a couple of you didn't doing the shirt cocking, so that's fine. Yeah, and anyone that sends over the photos of you and the shirts, man, we appreciate that. Like I yeah. said, wear that stuff. Let us know what you think of the shirts. If you don't like them, if you like them, there's some suggestions. Let us know. We want to make sure that these shirts are high quality or as high quality as stream albums can make them. So you uh, enjoy wearing them yeah. around. Oh yeah. I used to wear medium shirts, but I like breathing. I I, I don't even know. I wear if I wanted to wear, if I want to do what he's doing, I'd probably wear like a an XL, and I'd be like <gasps> restricted. I'm a I'm a triple X guy. Mid drift. All right. 
I, Tone, have not watched this trailer yet. I did not watch this trailer. I knew it was coming out today. But I, oh my god, I forgot to grab the Beavis and Butthead. Uh, you know what? That's my bad too. I actually meant to bring that up. We need to play that trailer. Um, we may have to talk about that. Tell you what we'll do is after week. the show, maybe we'll pull it up and we'll send it in the Discord. We'll do a reaction video to that in the Discord. Won't take very long. He says no. He wants to go home and go to bed. He said, "Fuck all y'all." I don't know. All right, Bob's Burger movie review. When as soon as I do the bad guys movie. All right, let's check out the trailer for Black Adam. well 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 superheroes don't kill people i I do do. dope now tone i am not well versed in black adam your thoughts on this trailer let me know what you saw man listen i'm not Normally, overly a DC person, but I am a rock super fan. So, exactly what Cuddle says another rock being the rock in a movie suite. Take my money. Exactly. This is great casting for this character. I, I love the rock. Listen, I'm also going to say this, and I don't know if everybody out here has seen Shazam. I will debate that's one of the better DCEU, if it's DCEU uh, uh, films that have come out in that, in that era. Like, Shazam is fucking incredible. It is really good movie. Um, Shazam is, I believe, the opposite of, I apologize, guys. My eyes are really dry. Um, uh, he's just really sad. He thought this trailer it, was amazing. My, my eyes are like the allergies this week are fucking me bad. The Palantai, uh, Shazam, yeah, Shazam's great. This is kind of like his opposite. There's some, there's a lot of connection there. I don't know overly a lot of the stuff, but I do know what I like about Black Adam is he's more villain to me than anti-hero in a way. Like, um, and again, he looks good in this. This movie looks really fucking good. Like compared to some of the other DC shit, it doesn't look overly as campy, maybe. Um. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Exactly. The the, the bolt. That's partly part of the giveaway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think what it was is Black Adam had the power of Shazam at one point or something like that, and then he w- clearly wasn't good enough and couldn't hold the power. Whatever it is. Um. But I, I, the I know my DC friends are really excited about this. I don't know. I didn't see the reactions to the trailer. Of this. I'm. This is actually something that I actually would go to the movies and see because I also do love The Rock. So, um, I thought that this was great. This is this is awesome. Like. It's it's another character in the DC. DC is different than Marvel. We all know that. It's very godlike, very super powery about a lot of things. But what I like is that we're getting, we're finally getting away from fucking Superman and Batman, Batman and right, Wonder right, Woman. Right. For fuck's sakes, can we please get away from these characters and do other things? So this is really exciting for that. I think it's sweet. We got a Hawkman in there. I know there's a lot of controversy because Hawkman is kind of lame to some people, but I think it's great. We got a, you know, potentially looks like a real Hawkman in there. Um, I think definitely uh, 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 Dr. Fate. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Dr. Fate. Yeah. You're spot on. Pierce Brosnan is spot on for that. That looks great. I was, I'm really excited about that character. I like what Josie said. The squeaky clean heroes are all, I like the conflicted ones. I like the ones that are kind of like teetering on the line. They have like some kind of like emotional, (laughs) like, like, like motive where they're, they're not quite as, you know, black and white, cut right. and dry. They're not right. as all about good or bad. I mean, there's that gray area in between. Life, life is best learned through a gray area, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that um, Shazam. If there's not a Shazam cameo, that's that's wasted. And I don't know how the DC, how it's interwoven half the time. Like you can't tell what's what and connected anymore. So it's kind of hard to tell. So if they don't have a Shazam cameo or something connected to that, that's a wasted 
But I want to go what Brian said really quick. He's going, is he really going to be anterior, though? Wouldn't it be more interesting if he did, did Liam Orville? Now, here's the thing. Yeah. If you had Shazam and him yeah. duke it out. Yeah. And I also like, dude, the Doom, where, 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 where The Rock is, the bad guy. Yeah. I like him as a villain. I think, dude, for him to sit there and take on – because obviously The Rock, to me, right now, he's in a spot in Hollywood where – he can really do no wrong. He can't, he can't you know who he reminds me of? Ice Cube in the 90s. Ice Cube could be an anaconda, and you were just like, you know what? Right. I'm not going to fall Ice Cube. I mean, seriously, Ice Cube is one of those guys that can just make movies. You're just like, I can watch this guy. Mm-hmm. I can watch him. I'm the same way at The Rock. What's that fucking movie? Skyrise or the one where uh, he's he, he, yeah. it's like Die Hard? Terrible movie. Dumb premise, but I was just like, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. It's The Rock. Mm-hmm. He's he's just got that. He's got that. It Jungle factor. Cruise was actually pretty good. Jungle Cruise, but I mean, dude, that would be sweet, man. If they seriously pushed him more villain, and then him lock horns with Shazam. I mean, I'm telling you, if you have not seen Shazam, it's a very underrated DC movie. I I think it's better than so many other shit they put out. Very honestly, definitely better than Aquaman. Jesus fucking Christ. That fucking movie. Also, Joker Two is confirmed. Yes, we do know now. Now, here's the thing. Before, well, uh, let's finish up this first. We'll talk about Joker Two for just a moment because we have one more trailer. I. That's really about it. I'm. I think it looks good. I'm excited. I'll see it day one. I think it looks really good. I love The Rock, Pierce Brosnan. I, I can always watch uh, the 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 fourth best Bond in a movie, so I'm cool with that. Um, but uh, uh, let's see. It goes. That's how I am with Kevin Costner. But yes. Uh, also, Joker 2 is confirmed. It's called Madness or 2, or at least that's a working title. Here's the thing, man. Um, I am not – I'm the last person you want to come to when it comes to if a, a show – if a movie needs a sequel, okay? I love movies where they're just like, this is a one and done. I'm glad they never made a sequel to The Big Lebowski. No, I don't count uh, the Jesus movie as a sequel, Sometimes you just don't need sequels. The mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in the Joe and Joker was was fucking incredible. It was an amazing story. I love the Joker. I think that's an amazing movie, a great standalone movie. Whether or not it needs a sequel, that's up for debate. He won an Oscar and made a bunch of fucking money. Studios are going to make their decisions based on that. I don't know if we need one. Is it going to be as smart? Obviously, on our, from what we know, the Joker's fucking dead. So how they're doing a sequel? Is he? No, in the end, he's alive. I, dude, I think he died in the fridge. So I don't understand how he's alive. Oh, I forgot about all the. Yeah, yeah there, there's yeah, different well, ways to interpret the movie, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I feel like a sequel isn't necessary because it, it it basically it's like giving inception it takes that interpretation of the movie yeah. and saying nah fuck it we're just making yeah. another one to make money that's yeah. why i'm concerned about it like doing the season two of squid game because man oh, honestly when you watch the joker when he crawls into the refrigerator it's one of those refrigerators that you cannot open from the inside and they make it a point to show you that he tries to shut it once and then he shuts it again for it to lock and then after that, it's sunny. Through the entire movie, it's raining on him. It's depressing. But as soon as he locks that refrigerator, where people died back in the 50s and 60s from those types of refrigerators because they would get trapped inside of it, they died because they suffocated. Yeah. And after that, every scene is sunny, and he's doing his thing as Joker, and he's doing whatever the fuck he wants. 
My thoughts is he died there, and everything you see right. there is subconscious. I forgot we talked about that. And yeah. when you sit there and do a sequel to that movie, you're basically saying, which I honestly got a tone, what sounds more interesting? That it's a more of a subconscious thing, which is leaves open for interpretation, or are you just going to ignore the fact that he climbed into a refrigerator that locks that you can't get out of, exactly. and now you have a massive plot hole? Mm-hmm. I feel like you just didn't need a sequel to this movie. Will I go see it? Yes. I love Todd Phillips. I love the fact that he's gone from something like old school to hangover to Joker. I love Joaquin Phoenix, who fucking hates sequels, but he signed on for this. He's reading but the script. But he likes typecasting. He does. He does like typecasting. Oh, what's, the, what's, the word, what's the word? Not typecasting. Uh, no, no, no. Um, What's the thing recently that came up that people didn't uh, like that character dive? What was that? Oh, um... Uh... That everybody got pissed about. I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's what what um old boy does in uh, Morbius, the type of acting. Yeah, what is that? Um, fuck, what is that called? Method acting. Thank there you. you go. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, you know, look, man. Like, I just um, I I I I'm ex- I'm cool. I'm excited about it, but I just feel like Joker set a standard, and it's one of those movies that does not need a sequel because it was open for interpretation, mm-hmm. and that's what made it such an interesting movie. Uh, obviously, incredible performance. He deserved the Oscar. He was awesome in it. I just feel like you lose some of that fucking mm-hmm. that 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 buzz, that excitement about the original. Hopefully, it's good. Use that shine. I don't know. I'm 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 indifferent on it. I'm indifferent on it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Speaking of being indifferent, I'm not indifferent about this, but uh, we have one more trailer to check out. Tone was excited about it. Uh, I'm not excited about it after the first 10 seconds when you see who's involved. Let's check out this trailer for the Munsters. <sighs> Tone, you and I grew up uh, TV land. We mm-hmm. understand all the shows that were on there. What is this, the Walmart brand of Adam family? Adam's Family is this? Um, dude, I, like you, I am familiar with the Munsters. I watched it on wow. TV land multiple times at night. It was always one of the shows that would roll through through the evening of viewings. Um, but the minute uh, I saw it was written and directed by Rob Zombie and starring Sherry Moon Zombie, my expectations just fucking plummeted. Like, look, I know there's a there's a, a huge fan base for Rob Zombie out there, and that's super great, and I'm happy for you. I feel like this guy has just uh, peaked with Halloween, and nothing has ever gotten better since. Now, this show is rated PG. This movie is rated PG, which is fucking weird for a Ram Zombie film. So maybe that'll force him to focus more on his writing and grow from there. Uh, obviously, the monsters are not a bunch of hillbillies living in a trailer. So right there, that tells me he's looking to expand outside of his comfort zone. Um, we'll see what happens, man. I have no idea. And I did see that Tim Burton's Wednesday is coming to Netflix. I'm more interested in that than I am in this. Yeah, I uh, I'm very excited to see that actually. Uh, anything Burton. Um, hey, I, listen, I'm actually really excited about this, I, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'm a huge Rob Nothing's Zombie. Nothing's wrong with hillbillies. It's the way that fucking Rob Zombie portrays them. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, uh, Rob Zombie's music. I'm not so much about his movies very much at all. That said, I'm actually excited about this. I again, you know, loved loved the monsters. I think that. Uh, being that it's PG, it might give him out of his comfort zone. It might get him to be like, you know, I know growing up, him and his brother were big into a lot of this shit. That's why they are the way they are now. Mm-hmm. Both of them, you know, sci-fi and the other really into horror and things like that. You know, so uh, I just feel like this is kind of that charming kind of like 
you you got to know you got to be in a certain box to do this. I mean, it's PG, right? So sure. um, can he hit the landing with the fucking bits and the jokes? That might be a question to be seen. But, you know, I think being that it's not another, like, you know, devil rejects and all this other bullshit. Right. I'm like, going to answer Cuddle's questions. You, know, he goes, um, you can kiss my hillbilly ass. Like, look, man, I have friends who are hillbillies. They identify as hillbillies, and they're not the fucking losers that Rob Zombie portrays. I can't stand the way Rob Zombie uses these people in a certain way to make his story try to seem edgy. Uh, so, no, I don't have an issue with hillbillies. My friends, a couple of my friends are hillbillies. They identify as such. But the way that Rob Zombie portrays them and puts them on the screen as being these fucking guys who fuck their stepdaughters and all this shit and are creepers, that shit annoys me. It shows he has no ability to write outside the box. He has no idea idea how to create any. All of his fucking characters are the same in every movie. I can't fucking stand that shit. And he, when he tried to force that into Halloween, Haddonfield was not a fucking uh, high uh, a mind for fucking these creepy ass fucking people in the movies. I fucking hate how he tries to shoehorn that shit. Sorry, continue. Nah, that's it. That's all I got. If he does that with the monsters, I'm going to be irritated. Like, for real. If he does that, if I turn this on and, 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 and any monster is out there going, hey, your, st- your daughter's pretty hot, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in PG it won't be. Dude, who fucking knows with this guy? <laughs> I-, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I can't stand the way fucking Rob Zombie does his shit, man. Yeah, it's seriously, it's fucking annoying. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of any of his, uh, if you watch all of his either. movies, every one of his characters could play another character in one of his movies. Yeah. They're all the same. Oh, well, I thought for the longest time that all the characters in like Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand... I thought they were all the same characters. The same. I feel like they're all part of the same universe. I think it's House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil Rejects, and what's the third one? I don't one? fucking know. He's got like a trilogy of movies. They're, not, they're all different. I think Captain Spaulding might be the same. I think he's the one that... That yeah yeah, uh, yeah. exists across. I just always all. felt like that they were just like it was low hanging fruit, like just not. It's 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 lazy ass fucking writing where he's like, ah, yeah. I'm gonna make the guys in the trailers fucking scumbags. Okay, yeah. you're fucking talent killing sprees. Yeah, go back to music. Three from hell. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Crash. Uh, go back to music. No, he. I I just like I said, man. When he he had so much potential with Halloween, the first half of the movie, where especially where he focused mostly on. Uh, Dr. Loomis and, yeah. and young Michael was so good. And then he, he goes home where, you know, Sherry Moon is married to William Forsythe and, and it's just like, okay, dude, really, here we go again with your bullshit. Do something else. And if a PG Munsters is it, great. I have zero expectations from Rob Zombie. His shit is the same in every fucking movie. Sorry. Continue. No, I'm, I'm just letting you rant. The first half of Halloween was creepy. The kid was terrifying. He really was. And the relationship with Loomis was something we had never seen explored before, and I thought that was dope. But after that, it turned into a fucking, just a, a fucking shitty reimagining of the first one, and William Forsythe, who is a fucking great actor, being portrayed as a fucking just weirdo in this fucking hillbilly-ass bullshit. And I was like, okay, dude, they're not all like this, so. Anyways... I digress. I'm sorry. His Halloween's still better than the first two of the new trilogy. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, the 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 first Halloween of his, the first half might have been better than uh, the other Halloweens, but overall, that the the first one, the second half of that movie is absolute fucking trash. It's a terrible movie. 
uh, uses some deliverance seasoning and all that shit. Overly, overly seasons it with deliverance. It's overly seasoned. It's like the top fell off and it just spilled everywhere. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly. Season of the Witch is still the GOAT. Season of the Witch is highly underrated. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Tone's got to go tinky. We got two more topics. We're going to wrap it up real quick. We don't want to keep you here all night, but we'll be right back. And welcome back. Tony and I just had a sword fight. I won. Was that simple? That simple. Uh, the 8.5% has hit me hard. I'm pretty buzzed up right now. Yeah. That was good stuff. I'm going to have a uh, left hand brewing company, peanut butter and milk stout, too, uh, as go. an ICAP. But we got two more things we want to talk about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Work. <funny> <laughs> I love it. It's just like how me telling Crash to kiss my ass and dude down around Ron's <laughs> Rand, who's next. <laughs> uh, All right, a couple of things. This is going to be spoiler-free stuff. We're going to talk a little about Stranger Things Season 4, Part 1, the first uh, right. seven episodes. Um, Like, look, uh, I'll start off by just saying, you know, I, I was talking about the Discord. Um, You know, the first three episodes – uh, I felt like this has been the most ambitious season of, of Stranger Things. There's been a lot going on. We have f- basically essentially four different groups that were bouncing around between uh, between Eleven doing her own thing. And then we got Will, Mike, and uh, Jonathan, and Argyle. And then another group, we got Nancy, and Steve, and Dusty. And then we got the adults. We got uh, jo- Joyce, Hopper, and, and Murray doing their own thing. So we got a lot of different storylines that we're exploring in this first part of the season. Uh, I was concerned about how they were jumping between scenes. Not so much. Uh, it, it was more or less how they utilize these scenes because I understand that you got to jump around between a lot of them, but uh, the thing that I had an issue with is some of the scenes I felt like they were just kind of like irrelevant uh, and they could have just focused on some of the other scenes to build more character stuff there. Uh, but thankfully, come episode four, which is uh, titled Beer, Dear, uh, Dear Billy, uh, which is a, a, a big episode for Max, uh, that is where um, I feel like the show really just kind of like hit overdrive. And at that point, every time we were cutting to every group, it was a sense of urgency. There was something important going on. And from episode four to five and six and whatnot, it was just a, a, just nonstop. Like it was just edge of your seat things developing, things being revealed. Uh, this is probably one of the more um, just fast-paced seasons that we've experienced in a while. Like Everyone's going to have different opinions about which season's best. We can't rate that right now because we still have two more episodes that are set to drop on July 1st, uh, one of which is an hour and a half, and the final of this season is two and a half hours long. Uh, I do feel like, you know, and Tone has mentioned this, and I believe Carlos has in the Discord as well, the length of the episodes has helped them kind of like tell the story they want to tell without making. Cause I mean, shit, man, if they would have gone by the, the usual length, we'd be looking at like a 17 episode season. Nobody wants that. We've always talked about how like, man, certain episodes of shows, I wish it was a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And now we're hitting that point where these are almost like movies. These are movie episodes. And so far, other than the first three, there was a couple of wasted scenes that I felt they could have just done away with. It has paid dividends, especially in the later half of this season. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm digging it. Like yeah. this has been a, a really 
just wild season, especially those last two episodes for sure. I can't get enough of this fucking series. I will at this point outside of sick, not, not including sitcoms. I am trying to now wrap my head around what non sitcom series out there has been better for me as a person, as a somebody who loves nostalgia. Somebody who grew up in parts of the eighties, uh, Everything about it. Like, they know who they're appealing to. Yep. And, you know, somebody mentioned, is it too much for the millennials or the Gen X or whoever it is? Is it too much? Is it not that they don't get it? It doesn't, like, the nostalgia stuff isn't for them, though. It's not for them. What is for them is the Goonies feel, the adventure, the camaraderie, the the struggles that each character goes through. Yeah, you can't place that in a time period. That's that carries over. Right, to everybody. right, right. It's 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 like it's it's uh um you know how like uh, Jessica Jones, for instance, in the Netflix series was backdropped of like a 1920s noir style. The story doesn't matter in that sense because it's it, it's just being told in a certain style, and that's kind of what this is. Like it's a nostalgia feeling style. It's a very dark horror-y, it's a lot of callbacks, it's a lot of um, uh, 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 growth with with storylines and characters, so really at that time, it, become, it does become timeless, really, you know, um, it's just that they're, they're trying to appease to all fans, and, you know, I am somebody who has gone through the Thrones, have gone through the Disney Pluses, listen, these are all, these are all too short in a lot of times in their episodes, like you said. Like, there's no reason the Game of Thrones episode should have been any lo- shorter oh than God, 55 the minutes. Season? Jesus Christ. You know, there's no reason that some of these, even Disney movies, should be, like, 50 minutes. Like, or, excuse me, D, D, uh, D Plus series. Like, this is how you do it and do it well. I'll tell you what. I will sit there and watch an hour and 20-minute episode of this and be enthralled the entire time and will <clears> barely look at my phone. I love everything about the series i want it to continue i'm surprised we're getting a five because of the way we're converging right now but who knows there's always a bigger fish right you know uh you know i know squid games is bigger than this or whatever it is but yeah when you spend 30 million on an episode it better be bangers and this has been a banger for me like i can understand like you know from what you're saying that there are some things that maybe are a little bit irrelevant and maybe like I just, I, I just wish because there's so much going sure. on again, that's all I'm saying is like, I don't mind that they're jumping around, right? But make every time you jump be a meaningful thing. And like I said, there's been, there's a couple of scenes where I'm just like, right. You probably could have washed away that and built on the last Here's one. the thing. If that's your complaint, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty fucking. If, gnarly, that's, your, right? if that's my biggest complaint. If that's which your biggest is, complaint. That's pretty fucking awesome. And, and since that issue has since been alleviated since right. four, and as going you say, forward. you like to you like the landing to stick. And once you get past some of that stuff, you know, personally for me, I liked all that. I loved that because to me, this is listen. I know there's a theory out there that this is going to be a D and D game at the end of it. I get that. <laughs> That's a very I don't very know how I would theory. handle that, and I won't even think about it too hard because I don't know if I can process that because I hate shit like that sometimes. That said. That's the thing is that that reminded me of like RPG games that I've played, like even Final Fantasy two, Final Fantasy three and the SNES uh, D&D games. Uh, Draston's been dealing with the 7D dungeons. The party splits up. There's different characters, there's different things going on, sure. completely different events. You know what I mean? And it, wherever it goes, it's all theater of the mind. and It's going to go where it's going to go. And you kind of just got to kind of follow down the trail with it. Rabbit hole or whatever. Um, and that's kind of what this, this has done. And for me, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I really like that. Now, are they overall detrimental to the story? Probably not. But does it give you more of the character? Yeah, and that that's the kind of stuff that I like. But 
at the end, it still has to be like, like I said, I kept feeling like it was going to be like this end game thing. And I still think it's going to end up there clearly. Um, but I have enjoyed every single fucking millisecond of this series of this, of this season because mm. they're so long, because I'm getting so much jam packed content. I think that's what it is for me because every time you watch these and you're like, Oh God, I got to watch the next episode. I got 30, you know, 45 minutes, or whatever, but you're getting so jam packed. Even if you can only watch one or two, maybe a night, you're getting so much of it oh, hell that yeah, you're dude. like you're, you don't feel you don't feel like that 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 anxiety of wanting more, mm-hmm. you know. So so for me, I'm, I'm happy with all that. And I, and like like you said, thirty million spending, great, keep it coming. I, I I have, I don't know if this is necessarily my favorite season. I mean, I I wouldn't doubt it, but like just generally, I try to package it as a series. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of great things with the eleven character, how they how they've kind of gone did, did kind of some time hop, which is it's actually really brilliant how they kind of did it. It's it's a unique take on that, and I'm very okay with that. Um, some of the characters haven't had enough. Like I, f- I feel like for essential characters, Will has always been. He's never really had a real arc. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me think there's going to be a bit somewhere at the end. Sure. Um, maybe like he's a DM or something like that. Uh, the new guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yep. The DM doesn't have an arc. That's valid. That's a, that's oof. Yeah. That's hot. Eddie, the and that's, new guy. That, that's, that's not me reading anything else. That's a tone. That's a tone thought process yeah. on that one. But the the new guy Eddie, yeah. I'm pretty sure from that trailer we saw earlier, the guy rocking on the guitar. Yeah, that's him. I'm waiting for that because yeah. I'm really hype about that. I um, like Eddie a lot. I think I, Eddie is real. I he's think he's a, a great actor. Character. I think he's a great character. And at the end of the day, it's so wild how this show has gone for so long, and we've seen a character like Steve from the first season being this shitbag and completely had this redemption arc, and then some, and then some. Listen, at and the now end of the, you don't ever want to see him without Dusty. You right, want to right. See him Dusty and times. Steve is like the best duo since, uh, you know, since Batman and Robin. But um, at the end of the day, uh, I'm really excited for the next last few episodes. I think we're converging on something special. Plus, we're getting another season. There's a lot of great stuff going on, but I swear, listen to me. Listen to me, guys. If you fucking kill off Steve Harrington, fuck don't you. fuck with Harrington. I will fucking riot. Like I love Dustin. I love all the characters, but man, there's just something's different about Steve. I don't know what it is, but you fucking kill that character off. I'm a freak out. I'm a flip some cars, run, you know, slash some tires, whatever it is. Um, but at the end of the day, I have absolutely enjoyed every single millisecond of this series. I can't get enough of it. Uh, I, I honestly, it's, man, it's I great. do feel like uh, um, I feel like Steve. Uh, yeah. I feel like Steve is the is the character that would have the most emotional impact if he were to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't spoiling anything. Uh, I thought it was spoiled for me because I stumbled something across Twitter, and thankfully it didn't come to fruition during these episodes. Um, but like, I feel like obviously Steve is always mentioning, I'm not a babysitter, but he's always taking care of people. He's always protecting the young people. He's always the first to jump in the water. He's always the first to protect everybody. I do feel like he has, like you said, he's got the best arc. He's kind of this doucher. I didn't like him when we first, I was like, this guy's a fuck stain. But then it was that. Dustin relationship, especially last season when they're getting together, hang on, come I mean, back just, up to the ice cream. Yes, there's yeah, that man. camaraderie, and it's just like, okay, this guy mm-hmm. probably, honestly, if you wanted to bring people to tears, I can't think of another character that could go out other than maybe Hopper or something like that. Other than Hopper, I don't know if you could kill off another mm-hmm. character that's going to have more emotional right. weight and impact on right, the audience. Right, right. and you know, uh, even uh, of, even amongst all the kids, I mean, all the kids. Look at all the, the main cast: Will, 
and and Mike and, and Dustin and Eleven and, and and I guess Nancy to a degree. But you look at those guys. If any of those got pieced out right now, would that impact you more? No. Than Steve Harrington. Absolutely not. There's and I love like because I love the, the the duo of Steve and Dustin, but they're like all those characters. Like even Mike has Mike's always been like a complainy, whining little bitch, and fucking uh, Lucas has. Actually, Will is completely. Luke, Lucas has right had now. some really good story. I think he's had a, you know he's had a taste do, of the popularity. Yeah, I, yep. He's had a good arc this season yep. as well too. But he's always been like you know with Maxine and um yeah I just and Will like I, you said, know I, out of all the kids Maxine would probably hurt me a little bit because yeah. I love Maxine's character. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, because she's been through so much shit. But, um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I uh, um, I go back to half ass said it perfectly, uh, which is I can't think of a show that's made me want to get home from work soon enough and sit down and watch it. And that's how I've been the last week until I watched it. All I wanted to do last week, just like Will, all he want to do is play D and D. All I want to do is watch Stranger Things and finish it yeah. because I didn't want it ruined. Like I don't usually mind spoiler. You know that I'm, I don't mind. Like when it's a Marvel movie coming out, I'm always looking for leaks and spoilers. <laughs> Stranger Things is different. I didn't want. I don't want that. Yeah. I want my own. Dude, I was I so pissed when it came across that on Twitter. Yeah, I'm just no, glad, no. I'm glad I, it didn't come too. And, and I love everything they've done with the villain this this uh, this season. Everything. Vecna. So. I tell you what, y'all. Uh, what, uh, so this is spoiler free, but once because that was the one thing I wanted after the first three or four episodes. Like I want to know what Vecna his motive is what is his motive what, why is he doing what he's doing because normally at some point you figure it out but this one it was tough to figure out but it comes in the final episode shortly before the reveal i mean you start you and i were talking about it. you pick up on stuff and you're just like mm-hmm. and, and, and it's seriously it's one of those where you seriously you're watching it and when it clicks you before the reveal you're just like oh shit yeah, and and when you can do that after six episodes, and you've had people kind of guessing, and I'm sure there's gonna be people like, well, I knew it in episode two. Great, cool, it's awesome. But when you're able to finally piece it together before the big reveal that basically just says, hey, here's Vecna, why they're doing what they're doing, what that moment they've been able to kind of deflect you a little bit from, you know, don't look too much into this thing, don't look too much in this. Talk I about mean, epic. When you watch the final episode, you realize episodes before you're like, fuck, I didn't realize they were kind of deflecting from that. this, yep, didn't think yep. about that. It's just really well done. And the reveal and everything and the importance of Eleven. And, it, dude, it was just the final episode was just like, okay, we've come, like you said, full mm-hmm. circle. You, you get a lot of different perspectives on different characters specifically papa i can't remember the doctor's name but matthew modine's character uh and dr owens you understand their motivations a little bit more which is crazy because uh, throughout the entire series i was like are they good or are they bad kind of thought they were villains. what are yeah. what are their I mean, motivations and we still don't know but at the mo- at, at this point right now without getting spoilers you kind of have an understanding now why they're doing what they're doing. You're starting to find those areas of gray a little bit more now as we've getting yes. towards the end, and it's really interesting to kind of see how that plays out. Uh, I kind of I gotta watch the last episode, but spitter spitter spitter. <laughs> Twitter spoiled it for me. I really wish I hadn't seen the spoiler. That sucks, dude. Maybe they're just mad about you. No, I mean seriously, man. Crash, just get in there and watch it. Even if they even if it was spoiled, the the delivery of it, the so the wild. reveal is just. Um, it's fucking great. The last thing I'll say about it that I really like about this, of course, is that every season's leaned into something. This one clearly is very heavy 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and yes. very heavy It, and it yes. works out so well. I mean, there's always been this Goonies feel and things like that as well, too. Um, but what I did, I, I've talked about even in the, the Discord as well, too, with you prior, is how, like, when you talk about the Upside Down, how long it's been around, what is the Upside Down, all this, that, and the others, um, now they're actually starting to fully recognize and kind of almost outwardly saying that it's very, like, based off of almost kind of like Lovecraftian. They're saying the word Eldritch gets kicked yes. around now in subtitles, like Eldritch sounds, Eldritch this or Eldritch that, like, which is exciting for me, clearly, as anybody who loves that kind of Lovecraft thing. And that makes so much sense when you stop and think about it. Like, it might not be necessarily to what you think cosmic space horror, but that's kind of what even Lovecraftian things are. It's not necessarily always about space cosmic horror. It's just about some form of like dimensional horror. And that's, that's exactly what this is. It's a dimensional horror. The upside down is a dimensional opposite of the, of reality. So, sure. you know, how does that link? How deep, how far do they follow that? I mean, they name everything after D and D figures and stuff like that. So, you know, again, is it, you know, with how, how important is, will you say, well, I guess that's perspective. Is he the DM? I guess How I important? guess you could say Will. Like so far this season with us, well, I mean, side seat driver at this point. Like he just he feels like a a side character, but that could change in the last two episodes. Who knows? But I mean, it, it, again, it's hard to balance so many characters. Yes. You know, the way they do it. And again, that speaks to how ambitious this season has been. uh... But thankfully, we have long episodes. But I do feel like there are certain characters like Will and Mike that haven't quite been as in the frontal of everything Mm -hmm. as, like, you know, something like Dustin or Maxine. They've had huge parts this season. So it'll be curious to see what they do with characters like Michael and Will or even Joyce, for that matter how they're going to be pertinent to like the last two episodes mm-hmm. and going into season five. So mm-hmm. um, here's what I was thinking about tonight. I didn't talk to you about the show um, and I don't know how this will work, but I'm pretty sure I tested it the other day and I can get and, and fuck you Twitch. I don't care if you hear me. This isn't for Twitch, but I'll reveal my plans. I'm pretty sure I can do my Apple TV through the laptop with the splitter and we could do a Netflix watch party of episodes, uh, the final two episodes of the season right through discord. Now, I don't know if people would want to do that. They'd want to watch on the big screen with surround sound, but in the B and B community, I'm pretty sure I can run that through Apple TV, through my laptop into the discord where we could have a watch party of the last two episodes, mm. which I think could be a lot of fun. Okay. I, I would really, really, it's not, it's not a lot of trouble. It's literally just a splitter that goes into my, my laptop. It's, it's really simple. Um, and it, it bypasses the, uh, all that shit. So, um, I am, uh, I'm not opposed to it. So, uh, if anybody wants to do that, let us know in the discord and I will see if we can set it up for the final two episodes, but I know how important it is to watch it on the big screen as opposed to your phone or a laptop surround or sound, like big surround screen. Sound, I got that sub. I got the gain on the subwoofer up like three quarters. I know, dude. I love, you gotta be immersed. You gotta be immersed. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's where we're at, man. Big fan of where we're at. We have two more episodes left on July 1st, hour and a half. Two and a half hours. We have four hours of fucking Stranger Things left before we move on to the final season and whoever knows. Dude, they shot this series a year ago. Or was it two years ago? I can't remember what I read. They all have hair in their nuts now. It don't matter. (laughs) Seriously, this cast is getting so old. We're going to see the college years soon. All right, Tom. We have one more topic we want to discuss. 
We had a meme debate. We're going to cut that off for tonight. We'll bring that back next week. But let's talk about your boy, Obi-Wan. We are, we are now past the halfway point of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, now, look. No, wait, no, no. Oh, um, I have not seen. Is there a new Nope trailer? So was that a Nope on Nope? Apparently there's a new Nope trailer. Did you know that? Uh, if there was a new Nope trailer, I did not see it. Ooh. But, uh, oh, oh, was there? No, no, no. Fuck. We got a bunch of trailers we got to talk about next talk week. About trailers we've got next Beavis week. and Butthead. We got Nope. And we've got Mission Impossible 7 Who so knows far. What between that? Who knows what happened? So right. if there was a new Nope trailer, I would definitely check it out. Holy I'm hyped for that. Fuck. That shit drops on my birthday. So, of course, I'm fucking stoked for that. Mm-hmm. We have Jurassic Park Dominion this weekend. <sighs> Are you going to see that at all? I don't know how I'm going to. If you guys do decide to go see this group, I'll let, you let know. me know. Yeah. I want to see a side-by-side comparison of Obi-Wan running versus uh, today's episode next to Han running in Force Awakens. <laughs> okay. Mm. Cool, man. Thor tickets on sale on Monday. Uh, Tone, I'm going to come to you first. You're the uh, resident Star Wars guru. You know <sighs> things better than I do outside of the uh, mainstream trilogies and whatnot. Your thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi? I am absolutely immersed in enjoying this series. This is something that fans have wanted for a long time. It's a big gap that we've been filling with like cartoons and with video games. But finally, we got like live action with main characters, actual actors playing them, not like a young version of Han, sure. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, this is not the Obi-Wan that we remember from the Clone Wars, from the prequels, any of that stuff. This is definitely, he's been in, you know, he's been a fucking hermit for the most part. He's just, he's cut him kind of, in a way, he's cut him off self from the Force. He's trying to hide because he cares and worries about Luke overall, which is great because you get more of that caring that like that like almost fam famil like side of it like in the in the original you see of course he's me you know and you, you <laughs> he's, he's helping Luke and trying to train him to do stuff and get him down that path but it's almost like it there's no emotion involved where this you get to at least attach emotion it's different from 1979 to yeah now, yeah right? I mean so like there's, there's you said building. like you said uh, uh, Lucas said a new hope was old guys Luke, Luke Luke yeah Lucas even said like you know it was young kids like. Boys and old men in the original series playing with lightsabers, like there you know, wasn't and, the and, depth and, there that he thought right, he was right. going to have to Campy write dialogue in the original New Hope and things like that and stuff too. But you know, they digress from that. But this is nice because you get to flesh out more of a character beloved by all. Yes. Some of us during the prequel era at the time may not have liked him as much as maybe we do now, and also kind of looked at it more not necessarily about Anakin's story, but also as Obi Wan's as well too. So you got really attached to this character. And if you watch the Clone Wars, you got really attached to this character even extra so much. So um, I've really enjoyed it. There has been some really great episodes. I think this latest, which ironically enough, some people didn't seem to like as much, but it comes back to the fact that it's really telling some more story, I guess, I think. And maybe there's a really good character growth. And their execution definitely is very questionable, I would say. Uh, but Obi-Wan as a character has some crazy fucking growth in this one. So I really enjoyed this latest episode. The one prior episode three is probably the one people are going to talk about the most. You get full on uh, Vader. You get full on uh, a conflict. You get a lot of things that you've been wanting to see that really gets you excited. Mm-hmm. It's definitely that episode alone. I feel like is probably better than the entire Boba Fett series in some way. And that's a whole other debate for another day. But, um, I am really having a great time with this series. I, 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 I enjoy it. 
Um, that does come with a catalyst, though. There are a lot of little things that uh, me and the Star Wars group of people do talk about constantly. Um, certainly, dialogue sometimes become an issue. Uh, certain uh, story directions are questionable. Uh, it's a lot of little nuances, a lot of things. You know, listen, I'm going to still enjoy this probably. Like, clearly, I still enjoyed Boba Fett to some degree. I've got a lot of issues with it, but I still enjoyed it at the end of the day, right? I'm enjoying this. There's a lot of things that definitely, mm -hmm. as we talked yeah. about beforehand, yeah. that I actually agree with you on that you were surprised, I think, maybe that I did agree with you on. I feel like the dialogue in this series sometimes, not necessarily Obi-Wan, but with, like everybody around him is really campy. Like, they lean into the young Leia um, at this point way too much. Like, she's more than a blip on the radar. She's too much almost on the radar. Um, it almost makes it feel like when you get to a new hope, like they're doing so much now, like, well, how does she not recall all this shit or whatever it is? Like sure. she still seems so disconnected from him and things like that. Like you can almost pack too much of a good thing and, and make it saturated as well too. So you gotta be uh, really careful. Um, uh, the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, had to crash dialogue issues. The stars color me shocked. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely, um, yeah, the, exactly. Cena struggles at the events of, of the Revenge of the Sith. It's, it's, it's fantastic to finally have kind of this era. You're yes. seeing peak Vader. You've got the Inquisitors running around. You've got, you know, Obi-Wan not sure of who he is anymore, or what he's supposed to be doing. And, you know, really kind of filling that hermit thing. And I find it very interesting that people that are back and forth about the last Jedi, you feel and see a lot of how Luke was now in this, this Obi-Wan version, which I know is done, done probably a little bit on purpose, but to me made sense as well too. Sure. Um, my biggest probably complaint is, uh, just some uh, outside the dialogue is, is really a couple of the characters. One would be, I do agree that the Leia kid, like I actually think the Leia girl is a great version of Leia. However, I feel like they've leaned way too much into her story to make it interesting. It's almost a little annoying. The other one would definitely be like, I, I, I want to like the character Reva, uh, cause she's ambitious. She is evil. She has, uh, just like anything in star Wars, she has like this complicated background. That's got her in the place she's at. I'm going to go just say really quick. Yeah. She has, she's, she, she's supposed to be menacing. Uh, but I do like, her ambition i, I think it, it flesh I, I think it gives her character a little bit more than just i just want to do bad shit she has motivation and i feel like whenever you have motivation as a villain and that people can connect to like i'm trying to get shake mm -hmm. this uh stereotype or shake this fucking label that people have thrown on me i like that because it, a, a lot of people can relate to it so right. continue Sorry. She, yeah she's not for the role she wants to be in she wants to be really realistically be like a pad or, 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 or an apprentice of Vader more or less. She wants mm -hmm. a grand inquisitor thing. She's not very menacing. She's not very compelling. Her dialogue is campy as fuck. A lot of the things that she, her storyline, what she knows even sometimes feels really forced and just no pun intended, just doesn't really fit. It just kind of, it's like in the first episode, you see the grand inquisitor, which if you've seen the cartoons and I know everybody has, but you 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 should see you see this menacing character come on. What the fuck? And then all of a sudden he's talking and being menacing, and then all of a sudden you hear somebody off to the side go, "I'm just gonna kick the fucking door in." And here I need attention. Like what's going on? Like right. no character needs to do that. Like if you're gonna have a character that's gonna be like that, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. you need somebody who is is uh, 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 in my opinion also a better actress or actor and listen like there's a lot of evil shit and troll shit going on out there uh, on the internet with her and that that kind of shit I'm not okay with I'm not okay with toxic fandom like that at all but what I will focus on like I know you'll focus on is acting that's the important part it's the storytelling portion of it it's the dialogue portion of it and it's the expressions on your face she's very expressionless she's been in, in situations where you know you're you're in a in a in a very like menacing tough situation i'm like this is not believable for me i feel like you're trying too hard to be that but you're not expressing it well enough so that's really my biggest issues with that too outside of again you know like some of the some of the the actions been kind of womp womp and some of the the things they've done has just been it's really been questionable. beyond womp womp yeah it's it's been kind of questionable <laughs> and and there's a lot of people out there that are still like me that are still enjoying it at the very least um but you know I, I recognize there's a lot of issues still or issues with it i just think it's another one of those things where like why the fuck didn't we just have floney and fucking favreau kind of take the helm on this or be the lead on it instead of you know, having somebody else like, I don't know, Kathleen Kennedy produce this shit. So being a, a producer on. So at the end of the day, um, I am enjoying it. Um, I know you've got some issues with it. I know a lot of people do. Um, minus the toxic bullshit that I'm definitely not yeah, okay with. Yeah. Um, there, There is some other things that I think it, it, it's fair uh, to actually mention on this as well, too. So, um, you know, I'm still I'm still on board. I'm having a good time with it, you know, uh, but. At the end of the day, you know, I, I always say, and I always go back to it, as a big fan of Star Wars, if you can't critique and criticize the things that you like, I don't care about the things that you don't like. I don't. I, I'm not going to hear it. I don't want to hear your criticism of those things. So, um, what I'm going to say is, first I'm going to mention is, uh, Cuddle says I like seeing his struggles after the events of Revenge of the Sith. First of all, I am a huge Ewan McGregor fan. I think Ewan McGregor is an incredible actor. He's got incredible range, and he has just a, a, a commanding presence on the screen. And he has single-handedly been the best part of this series so far. Like Cuddle says, dealing with the events, the struggles, and the the trauma of everything that happened with Revenge of the Sith, losing Anakin the way he did, the encounter he had with Anakin before he last saw him, and how that has just really had him questioning his ability as a Jedi Master and the belief in Jedis in general. I mean, when we discover Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's like, man, look, this shit is dead. We're done. We're fucking moving on. I'm trying to forget this stuff. And he is clearly traumatized from it. Now, I understand there's probably going to be an audience out there that's like, oh, you're weakening the character. No, you're taking things into consideration is what they're doing. They could have easily made Obi-Wan just still a badass, mm -hmm. doing his thing, but they're taking it from a realistic perspective. I dig that. That's cool with me. He's dealing with the struggle of losing his apprentice. The guy, he was like, you were supposed to be the chosen one, and he had to basically leave him for fucking dead on the side of a volcano. That's going to bother anybody, not only because of the friendship that he lost, the time he invested, but the fucking belief of being a Jedi in general. He is traumatized. He is crushed, and he does a great job at conveying that throughout this series. I absolutely love how they're trying to explore with since Revenge of the Sith. That part of it is fucking great. Secondly... If you have an issue with a female, a black female, 
taking on an imposing role as a villain, as a main character, because the color of her skin or because she's the fe- she's a female, you're a fucking clown. Piece of shit. I don't care about your opinion. Okay? We've seen many females in powerful roles. Uh, Charlize Theron is Furiosa. Incredible. Yes, she was a bigger part of Mad Max Fury Road than Mad Max. And you know what? It fucking worked. It fucking worked. Alan Ripley. Yes, it is really an issue. There's cuddles. a big toxic fandom. For Christ's right sakes, though. fucking Ethan or, or Ewan McGregor had to go on to social media and put out a huge video where he said, look, stop being fucking losers. I stand by old girl. She's a good yeah. actress. Talk about that in a second. But he basically had to come out and defend her because they have, people have an issue with her being basically, look, Vader's the big baddie here, but she is like the menacing, she's supposed to be the menacing character of the series. And there's people who are upset with that. And if you're upset with that, you should probably check yourself out and figure out what's going on. I love the idea of Star Wars grabbing a female and making her the big bad of the series. We don't have a lot of that in Star Wars. Now, with the exception of the color of her skin or the fact that she's a female, if you want to sit there and argue about a person's ability to act, that's fine. We can go about that. I think that is always going to be a fair conversation because in order to make a character believable, in order to make a, a character convincing, the person playing that character has to be good at what they do. Personally, I'm not convinced with this character's performance. That's a conversation I think that is fair when it comes to movies and TV shows. Performance is everything. That's how you make a character compelling. That's how you make a character convincing. That's how you make a character scary. And when you're a villain in a Star Wars movie, like Vader, who is fucking terrifying, especially in this series, Episode 3... We get to see just Pete Vader, how fucking disgusting and maniacal he is. If she's supposed, if Rava is supposed to be your big bad outside of Vader, you got to do better. You got to do better. Performances aside, I don't think she's very convincing. Now, look, I'm not going to sit there and just say she's a bad actress. There's a lot that goes into being a performer. The writing has not been good. Running hasn't been good for her scenes specifically. The direction for her scenes have not been good. I can tell you right now, as a director, you don't sit there and shoot a scene and have it be underwhelming and be like, that's a good take. The director has a big part of what goes on on the screen with the performance of his actors. Yes, the actors have to bring their their, their, their A game. They have to be convincing. They have to do their part. But our director has to sit there and have control over that. The director has to look and be like, I don't believe you here. Do it again. Over and over and over and over again until it's right. A lot of her scenes are not convincing. I'm not going to say she's a bad actress. But part of it does fall on her. But another part of it falls on the shitty writing. And a lot of her part falls on the shitty direction. It's a combined, a combination of everything. Questionable acting is Star Wars. I would never have guessed. No, like, look, <laughs> right, dude, right, 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 right. Uh, like, look, I want this character. I love her motivation. I love Reva's motivation. The, the big scene she has with the Grand Inquisitor in the first yeah. episode. 
where he basically says, we pulled you out of the scums and you're trying to rise up, but the stench is still there. I was like, okay, cool. She's got a chip on her shoulder. She's like fucking tired of this bullshit of being fucking labeled. Yeah, you're not good enough. That's fucking dope. Yeah, she wants to go rogue. She wants to fucking, she wants to kick in the doors when she's not invited. She's trying to make a name for herself. She's trying to impress Vader. That shit to me is is fucking appealing. It is, but the writing's got to be better. But goddamn, the scenes have to be more compelling. They have to be more convincing. And unfortunately, that's not where we're at. They're not convincing. They're not well done. They're shitty writing. And I, I don't want to fault her completely, but I mean, part of it does fall on her as mm-hmm, an actor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the writers and the directors are all complicit. And that's unfortunate because I know Vader is the big bad in this series, but Reva should be a much more menacing figure con- considering all the things that she's done so far. Considering her, where, where her drive is. And I, I think I suspect where her drive comes from. I think we all kind of suspected and kind of realized, you know, who exactly she mm-hmm. is. And maybe why she, you know, is so after Kenobi as well, too. Maybe yeah. why she wants to rise to power or whatever it is. Like, all that's a great idea. It's just that the execution's not that great. It's not good. Yeah. And uh, speaking of execution, this is the other issue I have with this show. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Disney, but this series and going back to Boba Fett, they have fucking no idea how to do action. I saw somebody mention earlier how, and this is something I mentioned until, how does Leia outrun three adults in the woods? And they do it in the most corny, fucking just cringy way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Leia outrunning people. A lot of these action sequences have been so poorly done. You can't have that in a Star Wars movie, yo. It's got to be exciting. It's got to be thrilling. I love the story arcs. The character arcs, especially with Obi-Wan, are good. Ravis could be good if it was handled better. But for Christ's sakes, when lightsabers are out and about and people got blasters out, this shit shouldn't be fucking cringe. We saw it in Boba Fett. We even saw it in some in Moon Knight early on. Disney Plus in general. This isn't just, just, just to Star Wars. Star Wars specifically, because the last two series now have featured some really cringy, bad action sequences. For fuck's sake, everyone's like, oh, you're being nitpicky. No, I'm not. It's fucking Star Wars. Look, I want the lore, but when lightsaber shit comes out, I want that to be exciting. Mm -hmm. It's fucking lame. Anytime, if Leia's running away, lame. If, if lightsabers come out, there's a shootout on a rooftop. I know you, you, you didn't have an issue with it. Some of it was just so fucking stupid. I was like, this just looks dumb. And that pisses me off because it's fucking Star Wars, dude. They wasted all the fighting in Falcon on Winter Soldier. Maybe they did. Jesus, yeah. Or maybe Disney's like, look, man, people are going back to theaters Let's not worry so much about the action on Disney Plus. People are going, fuck, Tom Cruise can go make Top Gun sequel and make $580 billion in the first three weeks. Maybe they're cutting the budget. I don't know. But, man, watching this, this Obi-Wan, the first four episodes, right now, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. In a week, this seems like forgettable shit. 
Honestly, man, it really does. I, there's been like, look, I like what they're doing with Obi-Wan as a character, but as a whole, nothing about this series is going, going, man, this is wild. This is great. Dude, if you a week from now, if I don't watch next week's episode, do you think I'm going to be thinking about, are you really honest to God, man? Tell me the truth. Are you thinking about what we've seen so far? Is it sitting in the back of your mind when you're working like Stranger Things has? It does, actually. Okay. I, I mean, but but you got you're asking the wrong person. Episode three was was the best episode by far because like I have like because of the lore and the time period and like the game and the series and stuff. I like just that, feel like I, I, I guess I, I guess from execution phase. Like I can I like I concur that there's there's definitely some bad execution on some things. I am I am thinking about it because I'm constantly thinking about. Where is the story? Like, where is the story is going to go? Where is it? Where is it going? Where are we going with this? Where is the eventuality going to be? Is it going to be clashing sabers more? Or is it going to? I don't know because now they're talking about a season two. They've, they they did you see that get announced? They're ta- the rumors of <laughs> that are kicking around because you realize how well this is done so far, right? I, I know. I know it's done well. It's yeah. just it's not been done well. It's it's done well, right? right. But, but the execution but, of it. But you know what else did well? Execution did well was Halo, right? Well, that did well too to get a season two. Well, this is at least cl- you know clicking with its own lore. I'm just saying right now in terms of action, this is right here with Halo. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. The Halo, the, the action in this show is very similar That's to the weak ass shit. We've seen in Halo. Fair enough. That's controversial, but fair enough. Crash says, I think a lot of technical faults of the newer Star Wars shows have a lot to do with the volume. They don't have enough space to move around and actually to do anything. It showed a lot in Probably because they're using whatever they call that thing, the, that, that blue screen or whatever they're using. The stage, that digital the sound stage or whatever Yeah, it is. whatever they're using. But Cuddles says, Episode 3 had some wild moments. I absolutely yeah, agree. Yeah, episode 3 had some dope moments, especially with Vader. There was some, and again, it was also, you know, Vader, but it was also with Obi-Wan. You talked about before the show, Mm -hmm. when he sees Vader, the trauma of what he's gone through comes to the forefront, and you see him struggling to deal with the fact. We get to see peak evil Vader. I think... Great stuff. Part of the problem was, and I do appreciate seeing live action come to life from cartoon... I think what's coming to, and this is again, the reason I think about this is because I'm worried about lore, I'm worried about story, I'm worried about the character development. I'm not thinking about the execution as much as well, too, to be very honest with you. Like, I concur that there's issues with it, sure. I mean, that was one of the biggest problems I even had with the Book of Boba. But, like, it's almost like it's too hefty having the Inquisitors in there and Vader. Like, the Vader and the Inquisitors were in the cartoons. That's a whole different medium. But when you're doing a show like this, it's limited to six fucking episodes. And all I want to see is, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin pick up kind of where they were. Yeah. And you've got a Grand Inquisitor and other Inquisitors and an ambitious Inquisitor. Do you know? It's almost too... I think the most appealing Inquisitor was the Grand Inquisitor. I don't like the other Inquisitors. Well, I mean, it's the Grand Inquisitor. Like, well, yeah, because he, well, he, the guy from eight, he was also Hitman. Do you know that? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, his 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 dialogue was kind of campy in the first. Episode, but he, at least he was the most he was, compelling. Well, he was imposing, yes. imp- imposing, and that's what. The, and that's my point. That's the way it should be right now. Like this is the whole thing. Like you, sh- Grand Inquisitor and, and Darth Vader are kind of like Moff Tarkin and kind of like Vader. Like they're both kind of like not wouldn't say the same level and rank, but there's definitely a power struggle. Like it, one's military and one's like a right hand man, and then you've got these other ones that are doing this whole entire thing. So it's it's it. Adding more fluff when the Grand Inquisitor and Vader around, I think that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. That might be part of the problem as well, too. But 
Crash says D plus needs to expand beyond the six episode season. The 50 to 30 minute episode run times is greatly hindering the quality of Marvel and star Wars shows. I agree a thousand percent. And you know what, dude, I can't help but wonder if stranger things is going to set a precedence going, look, if you want, if you want people to really enjoy your content and not have people bitching about Boba Fett and not have people bitching about fucking, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Maybe make your episodes longer than thirty-eight minutes. Then you guys are going to be paying more than eight dollars. Dude, I'm. If, dude, that's if it's fine. If it's I'm quality saying, Star Wars shit, I'm just saying. I, hey, you know what? You know what I don't mind paying for Netflix. Yeah. And if I'm getting a two and a half hour episode of Stranger Things that's well thought out, mm-hmm. that actually has better special effects than anything, anything we've seen from D plus. No joke. Everything we've seen in Stranger Things has looked infinitely better and more compelling and more interesting than anything we've seen special effects-wise on D+. No bullshit. Everything from the start of D+, Stranger Things has a better understanding of how making shit fucking compelling and exciting and action and everything. You know what? And don't tell me that there isn't enough Disney Plus subscribers to justify spending $30 million on a fucking episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. They print money. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Cuddles. When you said, whoa, 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 I'm like, wait a minute. Don't forget about Mike. Ducks, <laughs> yeah. I'm right. just saying, man, like, look, I think Stranger Things, I really hope that Disney Plus and HBO Max and Hulu and all these motherfuckers look at what Netflix is doing with Stranger Things and saying, look, yeah, we can put shit out at the theaters. Top Gun Maverick. Awesome. Made a lot of money. But you know what? Did, fucking Netflix said, here's $30 million an episode. We have all these subscribers. Let's put it towards that shit. You are Disney. Mm-hmm. You have Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, yeah, you have big money. Stop fucking around and put your money into the shit. Yeah. I shouldn't to. see Leia running through the woods and fleeing company just being baffled by a tree out of nowhere. Not being able to catch her. And, and like today's episode is 38 minutes long. What the fuck, man? 38 minutes? Like Mandalorian goes between like 40, low 40s and like low 50s. Like make it consistent. At least with Stranger Things, generally I felt like they were in the 50 minutes through all their episodes. Yes. You know, like, yeah. Like I don't know if it's going to change, if they're going to change the entire whatever. Um, but it's definitely something to consider about because clearly they're not spending the money on on the D plus stuff as they are their movies. They're because the CGI Which is crazy. Look, look at every that, movie they put out makes a billion dollars. They cut look out, at fucking Doctor Strange. Look at that jackal fight they kicked. They, they actually cut in the first episode of Moon Knight that was longer. Unbelievable. When that fight, they, for whatever reason, they cut that out, and we got like little in the CGI of that character in the second or third episode look like shit. Yes. Like how, how in the fuck are you going to continue to do that? So, um, anyway. Good series. I'm enjoying it a lot. I love the lore. I love a lot of the different Easter eggs, the thread tying. There are some very honest issues with dialogue execution. I still think a little bit of acting as well, too. But, you know, like there there, there are some issues out there. Again, I'm still enjoying it. Am I thinking about it? Clearly more than you, but it's different. You're asking as a Star Wars super fan. Right, right. And, that's, so. and that's the most important thing, you guys. Like when I'm speaking about Star Wars... And what I know of Star Wars, I know the mainstream trilogy, I know the prequels, right. and I know the the sequels. I that's all I know. I don't have the. I'm not well versed on it like Tone is, so I'm sure he appreciates certain things more. And that's why I ask him, I'm like, dude, 
There was an episode. Today's episode was like there was a surprise. I was like, did you recognize anybody in this spot? Because I wanted to know. There's certain things I'm probably missing. I don't know the Inquisitors like Tone knows the Inquisitors. But at the same time, I know I'm not the only person that hasn't spent all the time to watch all the cartoons and read all the books that aren't well-versed, that have a certain expectation of what Star Wars is. And even if I did watch the cartoons, I don't know if I would be okay with what I've seen so far. It makes it a little bit more annoying because, again cool to see him live action but even when cad bane was brought live action like we got him for just a blip but he was dope man. but he was dope yeah but <laughs> he was dope but you just kind of wanted more like that's the thing like the inquisitor was like season one mostly like the main baddie that they had to deal with in rebels mm-hmm. it was a big deal you know what i mean and then he you know like of course canon at heel you know but you know what <laughs> i mean like we saw the, the 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 sisters and some of the other um, inquisitors in uh, Fallen Jedi, and they were more imposing than some of the ones in this one. Like it's been kind of a letdown in that sense. So um, at the end of the day, they they definitely need to really look at who they're allowing to get, be involved with either the writing or the dialogue. Like they've listen, is this better overall than parts of the sequel trilogy? Absolutely. You know, clearly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're on a slippery slope right now. And they, they have got, two episodes left. There, yeah, it's just, yeah, six episodes. Like, and we're getting thirty-eight minutes of those. There is a problem there. Yeah. Like, the, I should have twenty minutes more of that. Shut the fuck up. Thirty-eight minutes for Obi Wan that people want. Then guess what? Do it a two-part a two-part movie. Then yeah. stop chopping them up and saying it's a fucking limited series. You're wasting my time. Yeah. Because I feel like, imagine if they were to take this season of Stranger Things. And cut it down to thirty-eight minutes each. It'd be like twenty episodes. Well, or 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 just just cut out all the shit that we think is not important and just run with what they got. It'd be hard to tell that story, right? And that's a great story. And that's part of the problem, King, is that there's a lot of that. Probably this is different because it's you know bringing back like main movie characters. It's Ewan McGregor. It's Obi Wan. People love Obi Wan, but you know they had to build that hype with a brand new character, and look what they did. So why the fuck aren't you letting those two run everything Star Wars more? That's mm-hmm. the point. Like, you're still letting Kathleen Kennedy get her hand in there and be a producer and shit. And, yeah, she's done some things in her past. Like, sure, her, her track record says good things, but that doesn't mean that, that she fits in Star Wars either, though. I don't think she does. Some people out there will argue that she's fine in it. Eh. Cuddles ask, how much of the show is just riding on the Mando hype? So my concern yeah. is right now, dude. We've come a long way since Mando, which was, in my opinion, by far the best series that they produced in terms of Star Wars stuff. It's not even close. It's not. E- it's not even. It close. does crash actually. The man. Oh, crash. Oh, oh um. Andor looks very, very promising. Andor does look promising, and I'm actually really intrigued by the show because I always liked that character. I always oh, liked the, was... the shit that they explored. And Rogue One is incredibly it's underrated. The second best Star Wars movie. It's it's incredible movie, but um, you know how much of the show is just running on the Mando hype. I think, again, Mando right now is the best Star Wars show that Disney Plus has produced. There was never, ever, any, all the action sequences were fucking wild. They were intense. They were good. 
Uh, the performances were great across the board. My concern is now, what is Disney going to do? Are they going to apply the same bullshit schematic that they've done to these last couple se- episodes or these last couple series and apply that to Mando? What if Mando gets cut back a little bit? What if the sequences get Mando, a little fucking Mando's, uh, Mando's always had like uh, you know like low forties episodes. Like it's it's bouncing. I'm talking about the quality of the action. What if all of a sudden because the action in the Mando series is well, infinitely better than what we've well, seen. Well, and keep in mind that's because they actually, in my opinion, lean less. CGI and lean more practical effects. Remember, those two are big into practical effects. Sure. Yes, there's going to be CGI, but I think that's part of the problem is the way they film that feels more natural. But practical effects practical. can cost more. Is can cost more than CGI in some regards, depending on how practical they are and depending on what how, they do. I mean, look how good it looks. And they, I mean, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna take the keys out of their hand on that one. Let me ask you this: so then. Yeah. If they release Mando, yeah. the next season, and we have the same quality action that we've gotten from gonna Boba Fett, big, they're gonna be in big trouble. That's gonna be some bullshit. But then again, they had only they had certain hands into Boba Fett. They, I don't think they had full reigns. I think because they had um, some other directors. Well. I I don't know. I I don't know. Like the Boba Fett thing's very very quizzical to me because I know John Favreau was recently defending that some, um, which is weird. But you know, again, you know, we got we got a Soka series coming out, and Filoni I think has is going to be full. That's basically like a rebel sequel. So he's going to be full on. Like, if it's Ahsoka stuff, no one touches it. He touches it. No, no, no one gets to touch that character. Oh, hopefully. So we'll see. Hopefully he know. touches it. Hopefully he has more control over everything. And, yeah. But, all right, you guys and gals, that has been a monster episode. Mm-hmm. A monster episode. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you that was able to stick around for the long show. If you're able to catch us on YouTube, let us know what your thoughts are on the topics that you couldn't stick around for. Um, obviously, <laughs> no. Uh, next week, we're going to have a lot to talk about. we got a pretty exciting show next week, actually. Not only are we going to talk about the Beavis and Butthead trailer, and not only are we going to talk about the new Nope trailer, and not only are we going to talk about the Mission Impossible 7 trailer, and not only are we going to talk about the latest episode of Kenobi, but we have an interesting bracket. A bracket, a March Madness style bracket that King Cuddles has cooked up. And I feel like it's a good one to start. We're going to try to do more of these. We'll also have a meme debate. We want to do a meme debate tonight, but we'll run that next week as well. But we have a bracket of movies that we're going to need y'all to vote on in the Discord. But we're really excited about that. We're going to do a presentation next week very similar what we see on Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament, only this is going to be a bracket of movies. We're really excited about this. This could be a lot of fun. It's going to be intense. It's going to be uh, exciting. Difficult. It's going to be very difficult. There's already a second-round matchup that you and I both know is going to be horrific mm-hmm. to, uh, to talk about. But that's going to be next week's show. We're really excited about it. It's Cuddle's top 100 movies that he hates, starting with Doctor Strange 2. I vote for the movie with Riley Reed. <laughs> we are really excited about it. You guys are going to want to be here for it. It's going to be a really fun show. It's going to be exciting next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Don't forget, Friday night, I'll be live with The Quarry. Now, I know... There's a portion of the game that isn't going to be out at launch. I think it's the multiplayer portion. I don't know if they have any way 
for streamers to interact, have audience members interact with the game itself. I know some of the other games that they've done has some kind of like mechanics in place. We'll take a look at that. We'll talk about that in Discord. But 9 p.m. Eastern Friday this week, we'll be checking out the quarry from Supermassive Games. Uh, there is couch co-op. There is indeed. Uh, but I think there is something uh, specific for streamers. We can link your Twitch account, and some of y'all can actually vote on the uh the what's happening so sad the multiplayer is gone but it will be back i think a month later so there'll be like seven people that can be a part of things multiplayer wise which should be really really interesting so we'll be live with that on nine o'clock this friday right here on twitch facebook or youtube wherever you want to fucking hang out so tone do you got anything nope just make sure if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give those five-star ratings. If you dig the show, make sure you have five stars. If you're on YouTube, make sure you follow. Hit that thumbs up and comment. Let us know your thoughts on any of the shit that we talked about. If you think Obi-Wan is the best action series ever, let us know. We want to hear from you so we know to avoid you. I'm just kidding. That's, that's not what we would do. We respect all opinions here. Except for Mortal Kombat. We, we, that, that movie's just trash. We all agree on that. Yeah. All right. For Fanboy Tone, I'm the Dude 79. We'll see you Friday night for The Quarry. Have a great week, everybody.